afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, May the 27th, 2021. It's another Technical Alpha podcast. We have a great show lined up for you for today. If this is your first time stopping in, hey, how are you? You're looking good today. We're going to talk about some video games. We're going to talk about movies and television-related stuff. We might even sneak, uh, sneak in one, maybe even two, penis-related analogies, if you're lucky. It's what we do here. Mostly the penis stuff, really. I mean, the other stuff is secondary. Everything else is just analogies about dick. But before we get started, I have to ask a very important question. It's the most important question of each and every week. Mr. Maximus Black, how was your week? Ah, uh, it was another week, man. It was another week. Nothing mm. out of the norm, nothing crazy. Just another grind. And that's pretty much it, man. Same old, same. Sometimes you just need an- another week, which another another week is sounds a bit more appropriate because otherwise you're just talking about living at that point. Uh, I always gotta show this. This is Vivek. I'm not wearing a straight out of Compton shirt. This is straight out of Vivek. I'm too white for the other one. This is a a Morrowind specific T-shirt. Don't kill me. All right. Uh, so we've got uh, yeah, we got a great show lined up. I've got. Nothing crazy going on this week either, really. I uh, We were a bit late today uh, just because I was running around upstairs a, a bit. And Nan's got gout in one ankle and one foot on, one on each side. So she can't really stand. She can't bear weight on her feet anymore. And so dad can't just like YOLO lift her out of bed um, with like dead weight. Because she still weighs. She might be 99. She still weighs about 125 pounds. So you don't just like yeet that shit out of bed. Uh, and put them on the on the commode. So we we were two man lifting uh, today and kind of getting that situated and trying to get the the bedpan thing working and and whatnot uh, because you know she's still up a lot in the night. So anyway, that's why we were a little late today. But uh, otherwise, another nice day outside. And I've been I've been personally this week is another week for me, which just means uh, until I get my doctor's appointment, I've been uh, my routine is I wake the fuck up. I make breakfast, I go for a walk, if it's sunny, which it has been this week, almost all week, which has been a blessing, despite the wind being kind of crazy, I go for a walk for like 30 minutes to an hour, uh, and then I get back and stretch like crazy, and do some, some like physiotherapy movements for a while, and then I get my feet up, and then after all of that, that is all preparation just so that I can stand and or sit long enough to do a stream for like somewhere between five and six hours if I'm lucky. Seems to be a boat where I cap out um, until uh, until we get whatever is going on sorted out. So that's been my week. That's how I've been going. It's not been bad. You know, I, c- I can live with six hour streams. It's not the end of the world. We had seven hours yesterday. That was the longest. We've been kind of ramping it up a bit over time. Um... Not the end of the world. I'd like to get I like to get eight in when I stream. Uh, six always feels a bit weird, uh, but uh, I like to get eight in. But we'll get there uh, eventually. But it's been nice. It's forcing me out of the house. It's forcing me to go walk, because before this, where I didn't have to worry about all this shit, it's just you know you wake up, you sit in your chair, you do your job, you go to bed, you wake up, you sit in your chair, you, go, you do your job, you go to bed. I know that struggle. And. And that's fine, but the problem is your body doesn't think that's fine forever. And so now it's forcing me to, you know, get up, go for a walk, do your job, go to bed, instead of just, you know, whatever. So, uh, picking away at that. Otherwise, um, 
Uh, Subnautica Below Zero, I'm still in the midst of that because I had to take a couple days off. Um, yeah. And uh, holy shit, that game drags. My god. The first game was good. Uh, this game, while technically good in that in that it's not like it's a buggy mess or anything necessarily, um, fucking drags. Imagine this, if you will, Mr. Black. Because you didn't play Subnautica, did you? The, or- the original one? No. So imagine this, if you will. Subnautica. In order to beat Subnautica, you have to do a fair amount of, like any survival game, even though this is more story-driven, you have to do a fair amount of collecting and building and crafting things to get further and further into the game. In this instance, deeper and deeper into the water, of course. You go further and further now. So there's a fair amount of time doing that shit, okay? Now, the first time you do that, it's kind of exciting, because just like when you play Minecraft for the first time on a new seated world, you have no fucking idea what is out there. It's an adventure. You go out, everything is new and fresh, and exciting, and so you don't mind the fact that you're gonna have to build a dirt home for like the 15th time to survive the first night uh, against the zombies. It's all new. It's the same in, in Subnautica. You play that first game, everything's new and exciting. The 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 biomes are really beautiful, they all look re- like dramatically different, and so everything's fresh and new, and there's that like, uh, that uh, that kind of, uh, that sense of newness and uh, and excitement. So, here's the problem. Subnautica Below Zero comes out, they call it an expansion. They charge the same amount of money as they do for the first game. Uh, but then when you hop in, uh, a couple things become re- readily apparent. One, you have to do everything over from scratch again. Mm. So if you just, for example, you know this new one's coming up and you didn't play the alpha and you're like, man, I want to refresh because it's been a while since I played Subnautica. So you play Subnautica and then you hop right into this one. You're basically going to be starting from scratch all over again. You got to craft a knife. You gotta craft the fucking, uh, the, the builder tool. You gotta build a new base. You gotta build a new water purification system. You gotta build a new everything. From top, from bottom up, to do the same thing. To go deeper and deeper and deeper all over again. But here's the other catch. It, it's the same materials building the same things with, like, two differences in terms of the vehicles you use. But the environments to where I'm at, which is about 16 hours in, still basically look the fucking same as the first game. So there's no new excitement or wonder of exploring and collecting these things to build these new, you know, vehicles and shit. So it, it feels like you're doing another job, basically. Uh, it doesn't feel like you're enjoying it, and it's all for getting, like, this, like, two hours of news story content. Um, so it, it's not... It's not ideal. It's not like the way I described it to on, uh, on my stream was that, you know, it's like, um, you know, somebody might say, for example, like Adam's Nor- doing Nordy. his full, Adam's doing his full blown review right well, here gotta, for you guys. I right gotta now. fill, I gotta fill some time today, but we got like, so, so Nordy, I won't be too much longer. So like, <laughs> like Nord just said, uh, isn't it normal for every game? Uh, yes and no. So like, if you play, uh, an Elder Scrolls game, for example, you know, it's going to start the same way. You're going to be. Uh, a prisoner that is released into the wild and you get like a very set, like, uh, set up in the beginning. You're given a sword, you're taught how to swing the sword, and then the game says, go fuck off somewhere, right? Go do some shit. The difference is there's shit to do everywhere you go when you're out there doing stuff and you're exploring and it is a new world where everything looks different, right? In Subnautica Below Zero, if you go fuck off somewhere, it's not like there's things to do. You see water, you see more water, you search for materials, sometimes for like an hour at a time to find like the three things that you're looking for, 
And that's it. There's no side quests. There's no NPCs to chat up. You're not doing anything progressively. You're just wandering the fucking ocean floor for like 16 hours. So it's not quite the same thing necessarily. Either way, I'll of course have an actual full review that will go more into that uh, in the future. But regardless, let's talk about other video game news, Mr. Black. Twitch! Twitch introduced pools? Hot Okay, I can't help it, but this sounds like a fucking... You know what this sounds like, Jeff? This sounds like uh, if you walk into a Home Depot and you look up at the aisles and they've got like... <laughs> they've got they've got the description of every aisle. This sounds like a fucking aisle at Home Depot. Hit me. Hear me out. Twitch introduces the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category. <laughs> oh, the mighty has fallen. <laughs> the mighty have fallen. It seriously sounds like you walked into a fucking Home Depot and you're like, oh man, I really want to go for a hot right, tub today. I, I want everybody right now on, uh, on the stream... Adam, yourself too. Okay. All right. All right. I, I want you. I want you to go on Twitch, right? And okay. I want you to just look at the section at any time. Doesn't really matter. And just look at these beautiful thumbnails. Look at the amount of class that is on this site right now. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta. It's I gotta a go. fucking absolute. It's an absolute fuck we'll, show. We'll get. We'll get this up because on your screen. Um, hold it's on. an absolute uh, categories. Is it under? No, it's not under just chatting anymore. It's, no, it's under pools, hot tubs, and beaches. Hold on, hold on. Is it in like the top somewhere? I'm like scrambling to look where just it is. Just search it. Just search pools, okay. hot tub. Just search pools. You're gonna get. You're gonna see. Ah, the, there it is. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh God! Oh man. Bruh. You know, that is, that right there is where we're at. That's where we're at, man. Okay, that's, so. That's, that's where we're at, dude. That's so, where we're at. So this is a, uh, this is, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I find amazing about this? There's two, there's two types of streamers on this page. The girls doing the obvious shit that we all know. And then guys poking fun at the current at the girls doing obvious <laughs> shit that we all know. Yeah, that's what it is. There's no like, there's no like, dude. What is going on here, dude? This is this is a weird. This is a weird place. What is this? this? What is this one? I don't know. Is she bro. doing? I, that, be careful. Be be careful what you go and look at. Uh, go just be what? careful where where you where you venture here on this podcast. Uh, you know what. You just, you just. Anyway, you just, she's gonna just, find the remote. The remote's lost under the couch. <laughs> she's, oh, gonna get, she's gonna get the remote under the couch. All right, it's, so uh, keep all of this in mind. All right, keep all of this in mind while we discuss the uh, the blog post that uh, that Twitch put out, uh, specifically discussing this. Uh. Oh my god. I mean, it's a fucking meme, bro. It's a fucking meme. But let's let's talk about let's talk about that shit, shall we? Let's get you back up here on the screen. So I gotta oh, I gotta pull up the uh the blog post here on the side. Where's my cursor? There we go. 
Oh, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, oh, this is the this is the blog post Twitch put up where they said they wanted to talk candidly about the hot tub streams and similar. Okay. <laughs> okay, hold on. I gotta collect myself here. Okay. Over the past few weeks, we've had, uh, we've seen and had many conversations about hot tub streams, and we want to address it candidly. The content brings up questions that are complex with few easy, clear answers. That is a bold lie, but okay. It's actually very, very it's easy. It's so cut and dry. It's, so it's, it's so... painfully cut and dry. Uh, we're approaching it thoughtfully and respectfully, which is why we've taken our time to address it publicly. Thoughtfully, huh? Thoughtfully. Uh, after a lot of internal deliberation. Given the nuances, Jeff, there's so much nuance. I don't know if you, if you check that page out, but my God, is it ever filled full of nuance? Given the nuances, this is going to be a long post, but we want to explain in detail our thinking and approach as well as next steps, both in the short and long term. It's actually not that long of a post, if you're wondering. We're not going to read the whole thing, but it's not that long. No. <laughs> it's not yeah, that no. long of a post. Uh, much of the conversation we've seen is focused on the people who are streaming this and similar content, including us. <laughs> including assumptions about their motivations and intentions. And we want to make a few things clear. This is the best paragraph Twitch has ever written, by the way. This is one of my favorites. This is top five Twitch paragraphs ever written. We want to make a few things clear. First and foremost, no one deserves to be harassed for the content they choose to stream, how they look, or who they are. And we will take actions against anyone... Anyone who perpetuates this kind of toxicity on our service. Nobody's going to disagree with that. And the reason I, I why they're agree. leading with this is because they want to attach that conversation to the hot tub streams. They yes. need to because if they don't, they don't have a leg to stand on with the obviousness of these streams and the streaming content that they are providing. So they, if, they don't, if they don't do this, if they don't act like they're coming to the rescue of or defending or upholding the rights of or any of those other things, then they're fucked. So they've got to preface it with, with this. Nobody, nobody is disagreeing with that, but thank you, Twitch, for prefacing this conversation. Uh, second, uh, and there's an upcoming part here that's bolded, by the way. They, they needed to stand out enough that they bolded this bitch. Second. While we have guidelines about sexually suggestive content, and this is the bolded part, being found to be sexy by others is not against our rules, and Twitch will not take enforcement action against women or anyone on our service for their perceived attractiveness. See, now that right there, that that is... that. That's the meat and potatoes. That is that <laughs> it's is bolded, so it them, is the meat and potatoes. That is basically them saying this. We understand that there are females that are wearing next to nothing, humping blow up uh, bananas and whatever else stuff, and bending over because they lost a remote for twenty minutes, um, <laughs> bouncing on their chairs like this, going ah, uh, 
you know, and doing whatever they do because it happens. It, it's actually, it happens on the regular. What their cop out here is saying, listen, not everybody perceives this to be sexual or sexy. Some might, but not everybody. And so because you may have something perceived as sexy, it doesn't necessarily mean that we all do. Or that the streamer should be taken as if it is sexy. When their actions are very clear. Universally! It is, it's actually not even debatable. It's, it's, it's literally not debatable what, the, what they're doing. All right? That's, that's so, like saying two people having full-on intercourse live on Twitch is not sexy because there are portions of the population that are not swinging the way of the couple having sex on stream. There's always going to be a fringe case of somebody that you could say, well, since not everyone finds it sexual, it's not overtly so. It just so happens to contextually be the way that it is. And they even go further than this later on, bringing in video games because they discuss the concept that if they were strict against these streams, they would have to take action against certain games on the platform because of their sexual content. Which, by the way, they already do for a number of games which are permanently banned. Grand Theft Auto, Vanilla Unicorn, you know, the strip club where people got banned from from Twitch because of perceived sexual content in a video in actual video game. I mean, I mean, sure. I, I, listen, once was there again, actual I nudity am, in the strip club? No, or were not, they dancing not, in bikini? They're like, just dancing in like bikinis and and whatnot <laughs> in the actual like when you play the game. I yes, do believe nude. that there are that they're nude, but in role play, they they don't see them like nude. They they they're they're just in their whatever um but you know I, I, once again i am not against these streamers doing them making their money I, it's this it's this verbiage it's that is just like like come on man like just say it for what it is just say you support this stuff um you know it, it, it's listen at any point at any time anybody can go to this this section of twitch and look at the thumbnails and if anybody out there can make a legit argument that this isn't sexually driven, um, become a lawyer. Yes. Because yes. you'd be fucking really good yes. at being a lawyer. Yes. Yes. So anyway, it is what it is. So it is, uh, it is what it is. So there's a little bit more here. There has been confusion around whether streams from hot tubs are permissible under our current policies. And we understand why our rules, as written, have contributed to that confusion. Under our current nudity and attire and sexually suggestive content policies, streamers may appear in swimwear in contextually appropriate situations. At the beach, in a hot tub, for example. And we allow creative expression, like body writing and body painting, provided the streamer has appropriate coverage as outlined by our attire policy. Nudity or or sexually explicit content, which we define as pornography, sex acts, and sexual services, are not allowed on Twitch. Okay, so they've we've now gotten to the point where apparently, according to Twitch, unless it's straight up fucking, yes. yeah, 
That's that's where we're at. Where where we got to make the comparison. And you know what I would argue? A lot of these hot tub streams are sexual services. I'm just gonna fucking be real. You uh, Twitch Twitch, you're running a fucking chatterbait right now for real, and you know you are. So fuck yourself. Some of you are probably jerking off to this shit if I'm going to keep it a hundred. Well, let's be honest, it wouldn't be a big deal. We have already known this has been happening for any uh, years anyway. We've had leaks of fucking employees giving pre- a preferential treatment to some of the girls still in this category as it is. Just call it as it is. Nobody has, and nobody with the, with, in the, the, with a straight head on is coming after the girls for this shit. They do whatever the fuck they want to make. If I was making that much money a month to sit in a hot tub, I'd fucking do it too. Because it's smart. I'm, I'm, order, I'm ordering a hot tub. Yeah, you're I'm, ordering I'm getting, one. I'm getting in on it. I mean, I'm not sexy, but... No. I mean, you never know. Hey, it could happen. Hey, I might be sexy. I, I don't know. I might be sexy. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to tell you right I'm now, like, ain't nobody wants to see me with a shirt on. Listen, bro, I'm going to be that guy in the, con- in, the, in the section pretending to be like the other ones in the section for the lulls, man. It's just going to be the, it's, it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be the meme. Listen, once again, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, all right? I am all for this category to be on Twitch if, if they want it to be on Twitch, right? What I'm not, what, what I'm not buying and what the majority of people that I've seen on Twitter and people discussing it, they're all going. People with a functional brain. (laughs) They're all going, bro, just call it what it is, man. Just call it what it is. Honestly, dude, the play would have been to just make a separate site connected to Twitch, link up the profiles, automatic partner them, and and let it go go wild because you're muddy in these waters, and it's once again – it's it's one of those things where, you know, on one end, somebody's getting in trouble for doing this, which is very minimal compared to somebody that's doing this. And, you know, this this thing uh, of, of what is considered to be sexual or sexy by someone else is not for someone else. I mean, you could literally do you could make that argument for virtually anything in the world. Yeah. You know, you could you could have somebody that, is, you know, that that. um you know, is, is, I don't know. I, 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 you, you can make the argument for anything. And yeah, there's always going to be an exception. There's always going to be somebody that thinks, and I understand that we live in a world where you got to cater to all people at all times. And you can't just, you can't exclude the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority. What minority are we talking about here? When the vast majority, I mean, the 99.99% know what it is for the 0.0001% that What are we talking about? It's a bunch of women that are milking men, mostly teenagers I get and shut-ins and dudes that just like tits because there's lots of them who are giving them money to write their names on them and call them daddy and call them prince. Yes. And call them their queen, and they bend over the webcam, and half of them got boob jobs to make it even be easier because that's smart, because you make more money. But you know the, they're writing it off. It's, you know they're yes. Write, you know they're writing it off. And that's, that's genius. Yes, it's genius. Do it right off your boob job. You should. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, do that. Anyway. But Twitch. Yeah. 
We all know what's going on here. It's got nothing to do with the shit you've written here. Are you serious? You put a new category in place specifically to silo advertising. That's it. This is not about like clarifying or or giving them all a place to be. It's a, This is a money play. You like the money that they bring in. You like the money the advertisers that are going to want to advertise on them bring in, but you can't fucking intermingle a lot of these advertisements, which is why you had to take ads off of Amaranth and then put it on later on after you had created a new category and now you can book those with different advertisers that didn't come to you and want your non-existent fucking nuts over the fact that you had all this shit on your site, front and center, front page, suggested material from anyone, any age, any time, because you like it! Stop acting like you don't! All right. Stop! And I gotta call out our man, DJ Wheat! Stop covering! Stop! Don't say, don't talk about it like it ain't a thing! Don't, don't divert all the time! Don't try and make it about different conversations than it is, DJ Wheat, because this is not it! And if you say you don't watch the content, then don't talk about it! If you don't know what's going on on the site, then just don't talk about it. And if you want to talk about it, you should probably know what's going on. If I open a stream of those right now, one in five of them are probably going to be overtly, blatantly sexual talking to somebody that just donated or subscribed. In seconds. Seconds. It doesn't take a lot of research. You don't need to hire a third party to go out and do an audit on Twitch's content and and shit. No! You just... Brain power, please! Please! Come on! It's just so... it's, It's ironically immature bullshit. Get over it, man. This is not... complicated. But you're making it more complicated than it needs to be because you don't want to admit the shit. And it's embarrassing, and you should be embarrassed, professionally and otherwise. Honest to God. It's fucking brutal. Anyway, women, go make your money. Swim in it. I want to see a hot tub stream of Amaranth, where she takes all of the advertising money from the last six months that she made sitting in that hot tub, cash it in ones, put it in a hot tub, and go swim in that shit. That's what she should be fucking doing. Just swimming in money. Make it. Make it for as long as Twitch will let you do it. But I swear to God, every time Twitch comes down on a regular-ass fucking streamer that's got something that isn't even in the neighborhood of overtly sexual shit, and they ban it, and Twitch is sitting there trying to twist the shit as if it's a real problem? My God, people better come down on Twitch like the fucking wrath of God. Because that shit's fucking heinous, man. I'm so tired of the shit. It's like, like how many people in, in, in the, in the community that are just an average female streamer that aren't huge and don't have huge clout, they've gotten fucking banned in the last like calendar year to two for stuff that is nowhere even fucking, again, I'm just going to pull this up one more time. I want to see that page one more time. Because think about all the people we've talked about on this stream. We lost them boys. He's gone. He's gone On this stream, on this podcast that have been banned for not even remotely overtly sexual shit. Not even remotely. And then you go here, like like girls in, in like fucking uh, like sports attire, 
Look at this! What is this? Come on! Stop! She's still on the floor! She's in the same- I've been ranting for 18 minutes! She's still there! Hate when you lose your keys, man. All right. What do we got next, Adam? What do we got Fuck next, man? You're gonna, me, you're gonna, bro. You're gonna, you're gonna pop every Fuck. vessel in your being. Fuck me senseless, bro. Video games. Let's talk about them. My fucking Bro, God. you let this shit amp you up hard. <laughs> Uh, bro, I don't get I don't get heated know, about it until I, I talk about it. Because when I, I talk know, about it, it just the more I think know, about it, the more I'm just I like, know, fuck. I know, I know. Just fuck. don't let it bug you. Don't let it bug you so much, man. Don't let it bug you so much. It's out of fuck. your it's out of your power, man. Embarrassing. It's out of your, it's, it's out of your power, bro. Square Thank Enix you. is set to bring a new Final Fantasy game to the table, Mr. Black. Partnering with Team Ninja will be called Final Fantasy Origin and will have an alpha demo this summer. Will hit PS5 first before PC afterwards, and it's rumored to be, as the name might suggest, based on the uh, or in the time period uh, around the first Final Fantasy that was on the NES way back in the day, the one that saved the company way back in the day. Uh, so obviously, this is going to be way more action oriented. It's Team Ninja, so I mean, we're talking about like Ninja Gaiden type shit, uh, but in the realm of Final Fantasy, and this is interesting to me because. While Final Fantasy have had like a lot of spin-offs over time that other developers have tackled, other like outside of Square Enix, um, you know, like a host of like Chocobo racing things and all that kind of like fluffy shit, there's not been a lot of times where they've at least off the top of my head, where they've actually given uh what sounds to be triple A status to somebody outside of their studios. Uh, and to, to have such, you know, and, and to take it outside of JRPG bounds, so to speak. Not been that many times. So, uh, Team Ninja, that's a big pickup. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be, uh, very excited to, to, to play that. Especially if you've been a fan of, like, the action-y stuff that they've been doing with the last couple of games. Um, you know, since Final Fantasy XV specifically, the combat, despite being still not truly turn-based, but still like the ATB system, is super action-y, right? It's not the turn, true turn-based stuff anymore. So this is going to be another evolution of that. And I suspect as time goes on, the mainline Final Fantasy games will get further and further into the action combat realm, uh, or if you want to call it that. Uh, and this will, this will uh, if it does really well, will perhaps even speed that up further where they say, okay, well, Team Ninja knocked it out the park. Let's try and take some of that action-y stuff and, and incorporate it into the mainline games. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't played a game from Team Ninja in a hot minute. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what their track record has been like as of late. Um, but I'm sure they're going to be capable of putting out something relatively worth playing. Uh, it's going to be a, a while uh, before we see this one, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it as it uh, develops. But does that something as an old school uh, Final Fantasy fan that that is out of the Final Fantasy game really at this point? You're going to play remake, of course, uh, but you, I think you said you were going to wait until the whole thing <laughs> I'm was, wait. is out. Until it's out. So it's out. 
So do you prefer the action-y stuff that's been happening within the series, or would you prefer to... to uh, I like the action stuff. I yeah? like the action stuff, yeah. Yeah, so does this yeah. strike you as something that might be interesting? Inter- no. No? No. Nothing? No. Not okay. for me, no. All right, that's fair. No. But I'm I do not- like the action stuff. Yeah. I'm going to end up playing Final Fantasy Rewake with my son, but when he's like, you know, 10, 30? 11 years old. <laughs> 30 you know 30. it's gonna take a while <laughs> gonna that's, a prob- while. that's probably when i'll end up enjoying my my final fantasy yeah uh and and god knows how many like if they, if they do more of these integrated type stuff in between how many games this this is really going to en- encapsulate uh by the time it's all over holy shit uh it's going to be quite quite an anthology and you you know i'm just waiting for the end you know it's going to be like all of them are out, and then you wait two years or a year more, and then they're going to put out, like, the whole fucking... It's going to be like the Harry Potter collection, where you need to have an entire shelf on yep. your... on your uh, 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 In your room dedicated to Final Fantasy VII Remake. It'll yep. be something like that. Uh, Dragon Quest fans uh, also got quite a treat this week, uh, as they got a slew of great news, including... Dragon Quest uh, Quest Twelve being on the way, so the uh, new Dragon Quest is uh, is forthcoming, and uh, more specifically, and this looked kind of dope, and I wanted to watch the trailer here with you as well because it's not very long, maybe a minute and a half. Um, Dragon Quest Three is getting a remake. It's called Dragon Quest Three HD Two D, uh, and uh, those were kind of the highlights of the spinoffs and games announced. But uh, I'm just going to switch over to the the trailers thing here. Put that there for now, and bring that up here. And uh, yeah, and then we're gonna we're gonna check this bad boy out. Uh, but it, I don't want to call it like I don't want to call it Octopath Traveler esque, but it's in the same line. So let's check this out. You ready? I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, go. Look at Music's those pixels! Way too epic for these pixels. Uh, they're going through the years, I think. So that was like one. Now we're like we're climbing up through here. Loud as shit. Oh. That looks fucking dope, though. HD 2D. That's the new official term. I'm, I gotta you gotta, you gotta go with it. That's the Octopath meme. So you can see how it's definitely Octopath-like. The sprites aren't. Uh, done the same way, necessarily. But it's very similar. The combat is what looked really dope. Uh, from the screenshots I saw. I don't know if there's combat in here. Oh yeah, here we go. Look at that! That's awesome. I love that, uh... That, like, low-down, semi-isometric from the back view that they had there. Mm. Overworld looks pretty dope. Got a day-night cycle going on. And there you go. So that's coming up. So Dragon Quest fans, of which there are many, will have lots to look forward to there. Yeah, it looks solid. Um, I I was like, as soon as as soon as Octopath came out, I was uh, I mean, when I first saw Octopath, I was a fan of that art style, and now you're seeing like 
I mean, this is got to be the third or fourth game now that we've seen take on the Octopath style of eight of the the two D three D mashup. And it just looks fucking dope because it like it tickles your nostalgia bone, but it gives you Not like a much, new yeah. yeah, it gives you yeah. like a new perspective uh, on it or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that of that style. I've actually never played a single Dragon Quest game. Have you? No, I mean I've turned them on and stuff. I've had a bunch of them over the years, but I haven't played through through a single one. Yeah, I uh, which is shocking because I think I've played at least one of of every other major well known JRPG. It's just Dragon Quest for whatever reason, which is like Dragon Quest is arguably the genesis of most other JRPG, uh, at least for like uh, enemies and stuff like that. The classic blob uh, and and whatnot uh, are uh, are all from there. Yeah, that's. That's something I never I never did. So maybe I'll uh, pick up the HD 2D remake uh, of the third, given whether or not they're you know tied to, uh, together. Like you know, I don't know if it's like Final, I don't know if it's like Final Fantasy where you don't have to play the previous to know what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? I have no idea if that's a similar uh, concept there. But either way, I might I might give it a little uh, a little spin. Uh, next up, Nintendo Switch Pro, or the new Nintendo Switch, uh, I'm just guessing those are probably one of the two names they're thinking of, because that seems to be the direction that they go with all of their stuff, uh, is slated for September-October release of this year, and is likely to be announced before E3, uh, as per Bloomberg, and I believe Eurogamer also, um, I believe Eurogamer also corroborated on that or or confirmed that that would be the case that they would announce it before e3 uh and this makes sense of course because it would allow the devs to show off their games in the coming months including e3 summer you know uh jeff Keeley's uh game show as well uh and other events especially if it was going to be specifically being made for this new switch to take you know to take advantage of its hardware although i'm sure anything made for that will work with the old switch as well uh, but that would make sense. That would allow them to um, uh, to actually talk about their their shit. Uh, just how how hard do you think it's going to be to find a new Nintendo Switch when it drops at the end of the year? Extremely hard. Impossible. What do you, what do you think? What do you think the eBay price? Let's see. Let's lock uh, in be, our eBay uh, prices. Uh, it'll for... be three. It'll be three or four times more than what they go for. Ugh. So not just two times, but we're we're three no, x and or four x. Oh yeah, it'll be three or four. Yeah. <sighs> So we're talking like a twelve hundred dollar to thirteen hundred dollar switch. Yeah, I'm saying it's twelve hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and people are gonna pay it. Oh yeah, they'll pay it. They're gonna fucking pay it. I'm very intrigued with the power of this new of this new switch to see what it really ends up like resulting in, um, because. I mean, man, we saw how how much of a power jump it was to go from, like, let's say the Xbox One to the Series X, or not the Series X, sorry, the Xbox One X, which was like the half-step generational leap, and even that was a substantial step up to the point where some newer games, it was like, do you could you even bother playing it on the original Xbox? Uh, and the Switch install base is so huge now that I'm... Interested to see just how far ahead Nintendo was willing to uh, to place this new one in terms of like uh, hardware capabilities over the current Switch, 
to try to avoid that because if there's one thing we know about Nintendo is they don't want the experience to be different if they can avoid it. So, yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see how uh, how that goes because we're gonna apparently hear about it before E3, which by the way, if you need a reminder, coming up real soon, like very quick, two weeks basically and change. Uh, actually, about actually about two weeks from today. Now that I think about it, uh, is when we're gonna start to see. Uh, stuff pop up for uh, for that. More Pokemon news dropped this week, bringing uh, with it a release date for Pokemon Legends, which is going to be January 28th of 2022, as well as the remasters uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are set to launch November 19th of this year. Uh, so people can uh, can get hype for their, their Pokemans and hop in on the remakes before the release of the new game in early 2022. Uh, Blizz, oh, sorry, no, two things got merged here. Steam is making a, this was supposed to be underneath the Switch one. Steam is making a Switch-like portable gaming PC, apparently. Uh, so a handheld PC that would look a lot like a Switch. Uh, I assume, I don't know this, but I assume that it would be a Steam-only device. Use Steam Big Picture Mode or whatever else that they'd have, uh, uh, that that they're currently using for, like, TV-specific stuff, I suspect. Uh, or if you were using Steam boxes and whatnot as well, you'd have that Steam OS uh, that they uh, that they run. I suspect it's probably going to use something like that. Uh, and uh, there are actually, if you don't know this already, a few other ones similar to this on the market already. Uh, there are handheld uh, Linus Tech Tips, for example, has done um, a few, or at least one video on one that I know of uh, that was basically what this sounds like you know it's controllers to either side screen in the middle looks like a switch but has pc hardware running inside and pretty impressive little thing of course uh you know you can't expect it to be fucking just crushing shit but you can expect it to probably be stronger than a switch uh but also cost several orders of magnitude more unless you're buying the switch off ebay this fall that's probably going to be the same cost twelve hundred dollars either way um I have a question for you, though, Mr. Black, and I want you to answer is that, uh, do you think there's a spot for this when game streaming, like, uh, like xCloud with Microsoft and, and PS Now or whatever they have, they call it on, on PlayStation and, and eventually thing services like Stadia that, uh, are, they got a little bit ahead of the game, but we know it's coming probably within five years. Do you think that there's a market for, for like, Eleven hundred, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollar handheld PC devices, or do you think that that's kind of too small of a market to be spending the time and resources on? Tough. It's tough. Um, I'm gonna probably say no. Um, you know, you're, you're handheld. You're also gonna want to use keyboard and mouse for your PC games. So, you know, it'd be like a glorified switch, different titles. Um Yeah, I just don't I I unless it's very cheap and like you can log into your Steam and just play your games right there on the fly. I I don't I don't see I don't yeah, see a lot of a lot a lot of people buying it. Yeah, cuz game streaming like as Inspector Gadget saying here in, in chat, not wrong. Is game streaming is still not great as it stands. XCloud according to anything I've read so far is the closest to functional 
that people would be comfortable with thus far. Um, but, you know, keeping in mind that this is in a handheld environment, right? You know, we're not talking about replacing sitting at your desk and still streaming. So, like, you know, uh, or, or on your TV and streaming games. I don't, I don't want to necessarily compare it to that. We're talking about, like, streaming games to your cell phone for xCloud, yeah. for example, uh, where the resolution doesn't have to be fucking incredible when the screen is only, you know, five to seven inches in size. Um, you know, we're, we're, it, it can be 720p and still look pretty good, right? And and run well uh, for most games. And you know, you're not going to play competitive fucking Call of Duty uh, no. streaming, but you could play the hell out of something like Tomb Raider, and it's not really going to be a big yeah. deal if you've got like some you know one or two frames extra of input latency, for example. So yeah, I don't know. I like I I don't I I agree. I don't know if there's really a, a market for it. At least not one that would be beyond like the boutique level. I could see yeah. a boutique doing it right and selling it because you can do one offs. But if somebody like Steam gets into the picture, they're going to want to ramp up and sell, uh, and know that they're going to be able to sell quite a number of these things. Right? It's going to be a production line type deal more than likely if it's being supported by Steam. So I don't know if there's a market of, of, of that side uh, of size. Uh, and, and if there was, I feel like, I feel like it needed to happen either before the switch or, uh, or long before game streaming was even remotely useful because I think a lot of people are going to look at it at lens. Like, I know, at least personally, I'm going to try not to project too much, but at least personally, like Jeff was saying, if I'm playing games handheld, um, you know, PC games, there's not a lot of PC games I desperately need to have a dedicated device to, to play in my hand. Uh, you know, a Switch does a great job of that for a lot of games, if I really desperately needed it, um, and and that costs a shitload less than a handheld fucking PC yeah. Um, you know, just so that you can play like a hand, a handful of, because the games that you think about, like, like a switch doesn't do well, that it would do well on a, in a PC environment are things that you would still want a keyboard and mouse for like strategy games or yeah. anything that like requires a mouse for any, so four X games, um, get kind of, uh, not, not wonky, but they're not ideal, uh, with a controller. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, if anyone was going to make it successful, I guess steam would be the one to do it. Uh, they have an uh, they have an operating system specifically for this kind of yep. environment. So yep. uh, we'll wait and see what uh, what old Gaby uh, can uh, can put together. Mister Gabe Newell can make happen. Uh, BlizzCon 2021 officially canceled. Mister Black, not a big surprise here. COVID still running a little too wild. Um, to uh, to be running an in person event. And yep. to be honest, I think they're kind of happy about that because I don't think they have anything to show anyone. Anyway. <laughs> they got bailed out by COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and to highlight that, they announced there's a global event for early 2022. So if they had anything to show in 2021, they'd be showing it in 2021. But they don't. So it's in 2022. Uh, so yeah, they got a bit of a bailout on that, uh, and not have to run like a big in-person event. Um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> good luck, Blizzard. I, all I can say is good luck, Blizzard. Blizzard's been having a hell of a fucking go here in the last while. They're not doing so hot, man. Uh, Xbox and Bethesda's showcase is slated for June 13th. Will be a 90-minute show, hour and a half, focused on nothing but games, basically. 
and the developers making them. Uh, they announced that uh, here just uh, uh, not too long ago. And so we have that date locked in. We're starting to get dates and stuff going. It seems like we're going to get lucky in that only one podcast is going to be right dead smack in the middle of some of, of some sort of major event. Um, uh, so we might have to move one podcast to a Friday, but otherwise we've gotten lucky this year and not everyone is just cramming everything into a fucking Thursday slot, uh, like we've been getting as of late. Like today, for example, there's a PlayStation thing showing off Horizon Forbidden West, uh, and in 55 minutes from now, dead smack in the middle of our fucking podcast, uh, just seems to be the way it goes right now is the way everyone's choosing that time slot, so... Uh, but regardless, Xbox and Bethesda, I'm really interested in that. The first one since this merger, or not even merger, acquisition, um, we get to see what they really decide to show off here. So I'll ask you this. What do you think, since this is no longer just Bethesda standing on their own necessarily, what do you think that they choose to run with in their inaugural Xbox Bethesda just the Bethesda side, not Xbox in general, but the, the Bethesda side. What do you think they they run with for this uh, one? I mean, I, I think I think they're going to tease the um, the Starfield uh, thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to get much from it. We might get like uh, some. I think we're going to get like a trailer of some, some kind. Exactly, like a like a very generic, almost uh, Skyrim type trailer where it's showing like the the. The, the, you know what I feel it's going to look like? And... The trailer for Gravity. Yeah. Could be <laughs> I, think very much... gonna, I think it's going to look like the the stoic out in space. You know, there's like the sun shining off the side of a space station. Slow pan. You know, names of organizations plastered on the side. I think we're going to get something yep. like that. I think that's where we're, where we're getting. Some environmental shit that they don't have to like show too much gameplay yep. uh, of. Um, yeah, so I think you'll get that. I think you'll get, you know, something to do with Fallout. You know, they'll say, I, I, I you know, it's just the, it, I think it's just going to be a lot of the same. Do you think they'll show Fallout 76 content in yes, this first course, one? Of course they're going to, man. They're, they're running that shit into the ground, dude. Of course they're going to show Fallout 76 garbage. If I was Microsoft, I'd tell them to keep that shit at home. <laughs> Bro, they're gonna milk that dude. They're trying to get their money back, man. They're gonna they're gonna talk about anything and everything. Like what? It, it doesn't hurt them to talk about that. I guess. Um, I, I would I would want to pretend that Fallout seventy six no longer fucking existed personally from like just a just because uh, it's just it made Bethesda look. I mean that whole saga is every once in a while I go back and I watch the internet historians. Uh, video on Fallout 76's release, and oh my, I'm every time I go back, there's so much I always forget some part of it because there's so much that happened, and it all was bad. There was no good; it was all bad. Uh, so yeah, I would I would just tell them to keep that at home. And with Bethesda, I'd be saying, all right, Starfield, show a PNG of Elder Scrolls Six. You did it once, might as well show a PNG. Uh, and then if you've got anything else, we can just briefly fucking talk about it. You got another, you got another game in development for Wolfenstein? Sure, let's talk about Wolfenstein. And then they say, you, you got a new Fallout title? You know, thinking about maybe a mobile, another Fallout mobile game? Let's talk about that. What about Fallout 7? No. But it's making it, no. But we put a lot of, no. No. 
Fallout 76 officially doesn't exist. <laughs> that that could be for the 15 people still playing it and still crazy enough to spend $300 a month on fucking random shit in the store. And that's it. We don't talk about that anymore. We put we put Fallout 76 in the basement and we feed it once a week. That's what we do. We don't we don't do anything else uh with that game. But you're right. They're gonna show Fallout 76 stuff, almost certainly. And I'm gonna cry internally when it happens. Um other than that. What do you think? Uh, I mean, Halo is going to be there in some capacity. Do you think we get a, a new gameplay trailer that they specifically try and blow the old one out of the water that even if you pause framed it, so. you won't find anything wrong with it? I would hope so. It's redemption. <laughs> We're putting a 4K 60 HDR feed up on Digital Foundry. You can download the video and watch it in frame by frame pixel peep, you bunch of assholes. That's pretty, that's pretty much what they have to do at this point, yeah. I feel like. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, I I still do not expect much. I just they got an hour and a half to fill. They got to have something. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot. It's, I think it's going to be like an hour of old stuff, regurgitated stuff, um, and then a half hour of new stuff and hyping it up, and that'll be that. And I don't think we're getting much until twenty twenty two, like at all. Oh, I think that's, just, I think that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's just COVID in general kind of fucked that all up. Everything got pushed a minimum of six months. Most of them got pushed out almost an entire year. So yeah, 2022 for sure is going to be the, uh, the majority of it. Uh, yeah. The last, if I see Skyrim make a fucking appearance at this freaking conference, I'm going to, I don't even know what I'd do myself. I want, on one hand, I wouldn't be shocked. On the other hand, I'd be so sad. I'd almost be sad for whoever's doing the presentation that I actually have to utter the word Skyrim. Uh, in public, uh, after all this shit, but you never know. They might, they might be like, "Hey, it's on Game Pass, Skyrim," just to make Todd happy. Uh, Uncharted Four is planned for a PC release, as per a Sony investment or investor relations document. Uh, this is not entirely shocking. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where there was a rumor where they were going to start to put more on PC. That makes sense. Uncharted's an easy one to put on the PC in terms of making your money. Um, and uh, a lot of people are going to be interested in playing Uncharted that maybe not have done that before. Yeah, uh, They're beautiful looking games. PC should be able to... If the I still haven't good. played the Uncharted's. Yeah, neither you know? have I. So, you know, that might get me on board. So there you go. That's, uh, that's apparently uh, forthcoming. Uh, and as well, in a similar document, uh, we now know that PlayStation's division of Sony is the most profitable it's ever been in current year. Uh, so they're crushing it right now. So their plan has been certainly working in the last uh, two years. Uh, and is and I this is not in the document, but I'm just I haven't hear my notes. And I don't know because Sony's TV division isn't exactly crushing it. Um, you know, and they have like some other divisions, but I'm pretty sure that the, that the PlayStation division right now is their most profitable division. Uh, and if not, it's damn close, I feel like. So uh, and that's and that's uh, that's kind of a, a 180 from where it was before where PlayStation was kind of hurting for a while, especially during PlayStation 3 era, uh, where they were really struggling because the console was so expensive, and, uh, and they, weren't, they weren't pushing it out. So uh, well done, all involved, to, uh, to flip that around and, uh, and be making all the big bucks. A slew of new Sonic news, Mr. Black. Everyone's always ex- uh, excited for Sonic, even though we're di- you know, disappointed basically every single time <laughs> it ever drops. Uh, a new Sonic news drop-in. They had a Sonic-specific event earlier today. 
outlining crossovers and promos and games like the Tokyo Olympics. And I got to be honest, just search Sonic in Tokyo Olympics if you want to be uh, unable to sleep for the next week. Because they made Sonic like a grown-ass man that looks like he does shot put uh, professionally for his entire life. It's terrifying. Uh, so maybe don't actually do that. But if you're really curious, go ahead. It's 100% nightmare fuel. It's f- fucking terrifying. Uh, also, he's appearing in uh, Two Point Hospital, I believe, I saw. Uh, so there's a couple of crossovers there. Uh, also announced was Sonic Origins, where they're combining uh, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Sonic CD in a single package to be released on what they call the latest platforms, whatever that means. I'm going to say that still means Xbox and PS4, as well as the new Xbox and new, you know, the PS5 and uh, whatever else, Switch, whatever else can cram it on, because really none of those games are going to be hard to run on any of those platforms. So just put them everywhere. PC, the whole works. So you're going to get a all, you know, one-stop shop for all of the classic Sonic games before everything went tits up. And then if you want to get reminded about how Sonic went tits up, great news! A new mainline Sonic game is on the way. They announced that as well. And so uh, you can look forward to uh, seeing whether or not they learned anything from the recent Sonic releases, or if they're going to continue to double and triple down on money and many of the terrible game design decisions that they've made in previous games, uh, no matter how many times people tell them they're terrible or they get reviewed poorly. And that was it for Sonic news, I think. Yeah, that was it. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. Sonic Colors is getting a remastered and called Sonic Colors Ultimate. That's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, which is also why I think the other, you know, the Sonic Collection is coming to the same platforms. Uh, and will be accompanied by a two-part animated series called Rise of Wisps. Uh, the first part of which is hitting sometime in the summer. I gotta say, I feel like sometimes, and by sometimes I mean a lot of the time, the Sonic team puts a lot of effort into very weird places. Like Sonic at, at, in the Olympic Games game or in Two Point Hospital, what fucking weird, what crossover does Two Point Hospital and Sonic the Hedgehog have that that would ever need to happen or would even be considered relevant? Um, why, why do you, why, why? This is very odd things. Like they really just, uh, it's like they're afraid of success. I was so, like Sonic's team is like afraid of making money. I don't know what it is about them, uh, but bless them. Uh, and I wish them all the fucking best, because holy shit. Uh, Unreal Engine 5 gets an early access build on Epic Games Launcher, and I believe a couple of studios have already announced that they're moving some of their upcoming projects to Unreal Engine 5. Um, I thought Frost Giant, I can't remember if Frost Giant was Unreal Engine that they announced this week, or, uh, or a different engine... But Frost Giant did announce that they selected an engine for their upcoming game. Uh, regardless, Unreal Engine 5, uh, will be available and people can check that out. There's also a, uh, a trailer showing off the engine as there always is when they, a new one gets released. And guess what? Looks great! As it turns out, new graphics engines make things look really pretty. So, uh, you can, uh, look forward to more and more pretty games in the future. And that's all I've got for game news, Mr. Black. That's which, it? Which means it's your time to shine. I've done motor mouthing. I've done yelling and screaming. Yeah. I might not be 100% done because we got Star Wars to talk about later, but for now, it's time <laughs> to sell out. 
Patreon.com slash lag TV. If you guys want to support the podcast, y'all know what to do. Head on over there, throw some money at the screen. If you don't have money to throw, it's okay. Just keep showing up every week. Hit the like button on YouTube. Go uh, do a review on Spotify, iTunes, all those places. Share the podcast with a friend. Let somebody know about it. Um, and leave a comment in the comment section for the algorithm. Uh, also, we've got NordVPN. If you guys don't already have a VPN service, type in www.nordvpn.com OTT and get 70% off when you use the promo code OTT. It's that simple. Stay safe. Stay anonymous. Uh, watch different regions of Netflix. Uh, stream on the servers. Game and stream on the servers. Use up to six simultaneous devices, so you only need one account per household. Um, yeah, go and pick them up. You know, if you're ever in the market for a VPN, think NordVPN and use that promo code OTT. They big supporters of the podcast, which means you should head on over there and support them. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to be sponsoring us for damn near two years here pretty soon, which means it's almost time for a re-up guys. So if you're getting, if you're getting close to the point where you got to resubscribe after your couple years, you know, you reuse that promo code OTT and make it happen. We also got Elgato. If you don't already got a stream deck, well, you Elgato get one. They are massive hotkey hubs, which means you can click a button, start up, uh, shut down your computer, watch your CPU usage. Adam's got one right there. You can click it so it opens the podcast. Click it so it opens up Spotify. Click it so it opens up your favorite game, Steam. Got a hot uh, tub really streamer you frequent? There you go. You can even you can do that. You can open up. You can f- have as many hot tub streams you want linked up to that. Whatever <laughs> tickles your fancy. Uh, so make sure you head on over to Elgato's website. Link is in the description below. And go and check out their products. It's that simple. It's that easy, guys. That's it. Mm, now it's time for movies and the TV. That was more effort that you've given in months. I'm impressed. Thank you. Well done. Henry Cavill is the top pick to star in Lionsgate's Highlander reboot, Mr. Black. Mm, I mean, he looks I, the part. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's already is he selected? He's already locked in. I'm pretty sure he's already locked in. Well, there you go. Henry Cavill is not only top pick, he is in. Yes, he is he in. He is the Highlander. Uh, Makes sense. There you go. He looks the part. Why not? He's hot right now. Make it, you know, get him in there. Yeah, he is. Yeah, always oh, hot. Oh, he's hot. Give me Henry Cavill in the hot tub on Twitch. That, that, will, break the, that will break the internet. <laughs> Can you imagine him dressed up in, in, in his full-blown Witcher uh, get in, up, the, in the tub, in a, just like in the in game? A fucking barrel. Yeah. Bathing. There you the go. Money. Money, listen. I mean, that's a charity stream right there. That's going to make all the monies. That's right. Shady's eyeing the vegetables in the fucking fridge right now, looking real crazy. And good news, Henry Cavill. It won't even be considered sexual. It's not sexual because somebody doesn't find it sexual. I find it sexual, but I'll still, you know, I watch it. I'm there for it. I'm in. Uh, but what do you feel about Highlander? I don't even think I've seen the original Highlander, to be I, honest. I have, like, fucking forever ago. I think my dad made me watch it, like, fucking when I was, like, 12, 11 or 12 years old. I don't even... It's been so long ago now, I, I really... If I watched it today, I I wouldn't even... Brand new. Be like, watching a new movie. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, remember CW's Powerpuff Girls live-action show, Mr. Black? Yes. 
Well, the pilot script was partially leaked and it was horrible, which is, I'm, I'm sure, a shock to many, many people. Not long after, and by the way, that post was taken down on Twitter for, uh, for obviously copyright reasons. It was taken down. Uh, not long after, it was announced that the pilot episode was being reshot in its entirety. Imagine. <laughs> so there you go. Round two, Powerpuff Girls, the live action show. It shouldn't exist, but they're putting the effort in. Uh, so we'll see what comes out of round two, I guess. Uh, good luck over there at the CW, and, uh, good luck to everyone about to ruin their film career playing in the Powerpuff Girls live-action show. Speaking of almost ruining your career, Mr. Black, John Cena apologized profusely. Not only that, but impressively enough, in Mandarin, on Weibo, after calling... I think that's how you pronounce that. It's basically like their biggest social media platform uh, over there. After calling Taiwan a country during an interview, the nerve for calling a country a country after <laughs> during an interview promoting Fast and the Furious 9. What exactly was the problem, anyway? Uh, well, the problem is, is, that, is that technically speaking, China does not recognize Taiwan as a country, but part of China. And there's an entire geopolitical shitstorm that's been going on there for ages surrounding that, where China gets really upset anytime somebody mentions that Taiwan is not part of China. So, uh, as we're trying to make this movie really big over in China, Mr. Maximus Black, if you're one of your stars accidentally up and says that a country is in fact a country, we gotta change that shit. Not only do we have to do that, but, but John Cena's gonna say that shit in Mandarin. <laughs> I want you to apologize now, Cena, and do it in Mandarin. <laughs> like you mean it, bitch. How dare you? Fast, Fast 9 made a shit ton of money over here in China. You wanted to keep making money? Say sorry in Mandarin and don't fuck up the annunciation while you do it, bitch. <laughs> Dude, look, this is the world we live in, man. Whips! This is the world we, Whips! This is the world we live Suck in. Suck that tiny CCP know, penis. Get and, it in. And, and you know Universal <laughs> was like, yes, uh, do that, Cena, now. Apologize now. Now. You better do it. They probably hired a a a a, 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 a translating coach, a proper teach him uh, how so to say probably, it. Teach him how to say it in just the most like you'd you'd close your eyes and you'd think he's Chinese. Take number four hundred and fifteen. Yeah, let's get it perfect. Let's get it perfect. <laughs> God. No, I know you know. Okay, so the funny thing is, he actually does speak Mandarin. Coincidentally, came in handy here. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, uh, oh, fucking hell. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Billionaire John Malone, the largest landowner in the U.S., gave up his voting shares to push the merger, as we talked about last week, the uh, Warner Discovery merger, uh, to push it through so that they had the flexibility to sell it off in the future, as AT&T apparently wants to be out of the entertainment industry altogether. So there was rumors that they weren't sure if AT&T would keep a lot of this shit because they've been trying to separate themselves from entertainment in general. Now they're fucking it up, bro. They they bought all this shit a while ago and fucked it up bad. So and now, now they're they trying to get rid of it. it. Taking a big-ass loss and getting the fuck out of Dodge. Now, 
In order to do that, of course, there's going to have to be suitors, and some of them that have been named include Disney, Apple, Amazon, and Netflix, which you could have done blindfolded without even being told, because really, who else is going to fucking buy them? Uh, now, what that means is that, is that in some crazy fucking dystopian future, there is a possibility, however small it may be, that Disney could technically own both Marvel and DC at the same time. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. But yeah. Can you imagine the fucking shitstorm? Comics would die, literally all at the same time. Be dead. There's no way that. There's no way it's gonna happen. <laughs> no way. But yeah, no, it's crazy, Holy man. The whole shit. the whole movie industry and streaming, it's it's it, it's all shifting. It's it's a it is. We are Bru- seeing the the beginning <laughs> of of like the next hundred years. Like and, the and, the world is owned right now. In entertainment by about, let's say, 10 companies, and the rest of, like, consumer products from about every category, coincidentally also owned by and run by about 10 companies. So, like, this planet is run by less than, like, let's say, 30 fucking major companies uh, in the majority, and that's not good. (laughs) That's never good for anyone. Uh, fortunately for them, it's such a spider web of companies owning companies, owning companies, owning companies, that by the time that you, like, if you were to actually talk to the average person and go all the way up, that no, none of them would know that, like, one company owns, like, three quarters of the brands that they use every single day of the week, and they think that the brands are just their own company floating out in space. Um, but, uh, yeah, holy shit. That's not great, but it's, the, it's the, the future we're going towards. It's all the ones that we memed about in movies since, like, the fucking 80s, and it's all coming to fucking fruition now. So, uh, buckle up for three companies owning the world, coming soon in 2050. Um, Amazon has purchased, speaking of, <laughs> Amazon has purchased MGM for $8.45 billion, Mr. Black, bringing on James Bond, of course, and more. Bye. Uh, and they got it at a pretty good deal too. They're getting, they're getting like seventeen thousand shows and over four thousand movies. I mean, Amazon, Amazon's catalog for their Prime and their streaming service is going to get so big that well, you what know, they you're need now have- is the app to not suck balls because it's the worst streaming app by miles to navigate and use. I don't. I don't mind it because I just don't use it that much. Like I. Well, it's I easy not want... to mind it if you don't use it that well, much. Well, I mean, there's really not much on there to use, to be honest. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Amazon right now, they've they've got a they've got a good, they've got good content on there, but it's just not a lot of good content. Yeah. And I kind of like that, to be honest, because Netflix, they have so much shit, and it's so frequent that it just it started. You're, you're getting. It's being buried. Like the good stuff is getting buried by a bunch of shit that kind of looks like the good stuff, but it really isn't the good stuff. Hmm. And uh, I think this is good. I think this is a good move for Amazon. This is, uh, you're going to have James Bond. So you're going to have all the Bonds. Um, I mean, Bond by itself Bond is Amazon. worth about 50% of that fucking you're deal. Gonna, you're going to have, uh, <clears throat> I think, like, they're going to own the rights, like Pink Panther. And um, I think they said. Um, I think they said that they're going to potentially be doing a Bond series um, as well, and they still want to go theatrical for the movies. Um, 
So I mean, there's there's they, they, there's a lot uh, there's a lot in HBO uh, mm. or sorry not HBO on um, oh it's tons uh, Prime uh, MGM oh, MGM. MGM yeah 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 which will go on Prime yeah um so it's a good pickup I actually like that pickup oh it's I'm a great happy pickup. they got it and not Netflix um and I still think Amazon's going to be a massive player I think Amazon is going to in the Kinda next like, five years yeah in the next five years they're going to be I mean, yeah. they're already a massive player, yeah. but like they're going to be very, they're going to be huge. in the entertainment space. You mean more yeah. specifically? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like the streaming, the yeah. streaming, uh, streaming space. services and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in an interview, JJ Abrams acknowledged that it was probably would have been a better idea if they had approached the Star Wars sequel trilogy with a plan. You don't say. What a shocking revelation. I'm sad that he didn't come to that revelation sooner. Uh, the quote that, uh, from uh, one of the uh, several quotes from the interview that highlights this is, the, this is a quote here. Uh, you just never really know, but having a plan I have learned, in some cases, the hard way, is the most critical thing. Because otherwise, you don't know what you're setting up. You, this is like the most obvious fucking sentence. You don't know what to emphasize. Because if you don't know the inevitable of the story, you're just as good as your last sequence or effect or joke or whatever, but you want to be leading to something inevitable. Who knew that having a plan would lead it so that you would know what you're setting up? Who knew? I, I, I don't even know how to talk about that because it's so obvious. So I'll just say this. Coincidentally, last night, Em and I watched episode 7. Because she hadn't seen 7 and 8. We went to 9 together in theaters. Uh, but she hadn't seen 7 and 8. So we watched 7 last night. Um, and <laughs> I was just reminded about just just the, the shit show from beginning to end. Um, and how frustrating seven, it was 7 was my favorite out of the out of the 3 well 7 was yeah. 7 7 well yeah 7 was was the closest to my favorite uh of the 3 i especially when i first watched it i liked 7 less knowing what comes in 8 and 9 but at the time when we went to see it in theaters you and i went together to see that in theaters at the time when you don't know what's coming up the biggest complaint about Seven, there's a couple maybe, but the biggest complaint is it's basically a rehash of like the first. They even openly make oh, fun yeah. of it by yeah. saying, like Han Solo's standing in the war room going, it's yeah. another Death Star. But but that's what J.J. wanted. I mean, he even said that like he wanted, he wanted to make a new Star Wars for the next generation of viewers, yeah. right? So he wanted to, to, to give those sort of same tropes opening up to hook people in, to, to, to give that nostalgia to the ones that... Uh, you know, to all the fans that have been watching for, for decades. Um, and I think he succeeded in that. Yeah, it was a little it was a little bit too. That was on about the nose, my my only but, gripe was that. And then of course yeah. what bothered me, and again it bothered me more seeing it knowing what comes in eight and nine, how Ray just magically fucking becomes a Jedi master uh of certain skills that that other Jedi take uh, ages to fucking train and learn on the fly in the most intense moments, uh, like when she suddenly learns the power of, of like force persuasion 
and gets the guy to take her out of her shackles and leave the room, drop the fucking weapon, the whole nine yards there. Uh, or even before that, more impressively, was to keep Kylo out of her head after he had just been freely in her head moments before and not only blocked him out, which was impressive, but then probed his mind in reverse and started telling him what was on his mind in reverse. Like, that was like the... At the time when you're watching the theater without knowledge of 8 and 9, you were like, okay, that's kind of crazy, but all right, I'll follow along We're with where this is going. But then you discover that in 8 and 9, all it really meant was that uh, she was just supposed to be able to do everything uh, with no training, basically, at all. And the training almost arguably made her worse at times. And then, uh, and then it turns out at the end that it was all for nothing because she was a nobody anyway. Uh, very confusing. They didn't have a plan. They, they didn't have a plan. Well, as he said, there was no plan. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it was bad. It was a bad trilogy. And then they swapped, they swapped fucking directors, which is even worse than not only not having a plan, but then having two different visions. And then not only that, but it almost would have been okay if it was like let's say JJ JJ Ryan or Ryan, J.J., J.J., but to go back, not only did they have two directors, but they went back and forth in a trilogy, so it was like they switched in the middle, which meant that, like, any questions set up in the first were then oh, partially... He wasn't, J.J. wasn't supposed to do two and three. He was supposed to do one. Ryan Johnson was supposed to do two. Then they had and, a third director, uh, and, didn't they? And, and, and Trevorrow... Uh, or uh, was supposed to do three. Yeah. So it was like it was like Bing Bang Boom. So, so three different directors. Three different directors. Um, I don't know Ryan if that would have been any better. I'm pretty sure that's the way it was supposed to be. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that those were the three. And then um, JJ uh, Ryan Johnson does his. It's a complete fuck show. And uh, JJ ends up. They ask JJ. To like come back for the third and do the third because uh, Trevor was gonna was going to do Mandalorian. He's like, I'm going, I'm I'm doing the Mandalorian. This is I, I'm out. Can JJ? Can you please come here because eight is just too. Um, pe- people, you know, got some people that hate it, some people that love it. Made a fuck ton of money, but um, and then JJ said, okay, fine, I'll come back and do the third. When he came back for the third, he had to go off of what Ryan Johnson was doing. And JJ apparently in the second one, when or the number eight, JJ was trying to tell Ryan these were the things I was setting up, and they were supposed to kind of work together. But Ryan wanted to do his own fucking shit and give his own flair, and didn't really care about what the shit JJ was setting up. And then when JJ got back to it, he had to he had to tie it all together. He had to go from his first vision, then he had to go with what Ryan decided ultimately, and then boom, because. Um, you know, uh, uh, Mark Hamill, all those guys, it was supposed to be different. Like they, it was not supposed to, you weren't supposed to start episode eight with fucking, uh, Luke Skywalker throwing the shit over his shoulder and fucking being done and all. It was not supposed to go like that. This is what Ryan Johnson wanted. I think that's what, I think that's what kind of did it for me was when, you know, obviously Mark has been the most outspoken because, because I mean, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher passed away and, and, um, Harrison Ford just doesn't fucking care. So, uh, or he doesn't care enough to say anything. He just, he showed up. He knew he was hey, happy. Kill me. He's like, get He's rid like, of me, please kill me. So I don't yeah. have to continue. Uh, and I like that. It made sense to kill because these characters are passing the torch, right? It makes sense. So it was good that it happened anyway, but 
But as soon as like everyone has like a lot of discourse about about the JJ versus Ryan thing, and it's not that I think that JJ did a sterling job in the first movie in terms of setting stuff up for Ryan to take over in the first place, and there is obvious points in both Ryan's and then JJ when he came back for the third where they they partially it's not that they partially like kind of undo each other's work but it's 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 done in a way that that was like um ch- very childish like the lights you can't tell me that the lightsaber over the shoulder thing that they did at the very beginning of the second movie was not a direct fucking yeah. call out to JJ from 100%. Ryan and 100%. saying we're going to do this Ryan's way and it yeah. was not oh. about the story because then when you I, hear Mark talk about that scene and yeah. several other scenes, you quickly understand that while while Mark might not also agree with everything JJ did, the whole thing was a shit show. And if you just yeah. gave like, and what I'm concerned, what I'm confused about is that you've you've got Mark Hamill, who is one of the smartest brains in the entertainment industry. That was the face of, of, of one of the faces of this entire original trilogy that everyone's dying to see come back in this thing. And you don't pick his brain and run with that shit. Like you have the ego to think that you can fucking outdo Mark Hamill at his own character. For real. Seriously. And Harrison Ford, who Mark said it would be if he wanted, if he wasn't so like, like quote unquote, not actually lazy because he's not lazy. But if he wasn't that like laid back, whatever, a phenomenal director that if you look at old footage of Harrison talking with like uh, with Mark and and Carrie, like literally directing scenes, like between the three of them, and that was back then. And now they've got all this experience, and it's their characters. And you just shit fucking throw all that out the window and be like, "Fuck it, he's gonna yeet this lightsaber over his shoulder." Yeah, he was edgy, bro. It what? Was an edgy, what? It, was, it was like, yeah, it was just, it is what it is. And man. then Fuck blue titty Wars. milk. Come yeah, on, I'm now. over. I'm over Star Wars, bro. I'm, I'm, it's, it's just funny as time goes on you hear more and more actors directors come out and start shitting on the fucking Star Wars they all had to put on a face the only one who didn't put on a face was Mark Hamill yeah he's the only one yeah on the damn red carpet the dude would be like trolling it's long <laughs> you know there's milk and it's blue <laughs> I have more words than the the second than than the episode first, eight yeah episode eight or, yeah, the, or, yeah, seven episode seven I have at least twice the amount of dialogue. Like, the dude literally was depressed. You could see it in his face. He hated the fucking movie. And he was only there because of contractual obligations to be there. And the moment he could fucking run out of there and cry, he did. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, That that, that shit is dead, bro. Good good Godspeed with the next trilogy. Um, Godspeed. That's it. Yeah. Uh, where, where in the fuck is my mouse cursor? There it is. That's actually all I've got in movies and TV. That's what we watched. That's what Em and I watched last night. That's it. That I was... watched, uh, I watched Greenland last night. Oh, how'd that go? It was a movie. It was, uh, Gerard Butler, mm. uh, starring in an Amazon, um, movie. I don't suppose he was an army guy. Actually not for one time. What? One time he's a family man. Impossible. Made some, made some mistakes in his marriage. And and there was a there was a a, a line of meteors that were gonna hit the earth. Wow. And uh they had to get themselves to safety 
uh, before the world goes extinct. I don't suppose the safety is in Greenland. It's in Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. If I had to give it a rating out of 10, <laughs> we'll go six and a half. Hey, you know, for Gerard was, Butler movie, that's pretty good. Listen, I like Gerard Butler. I think he's like a really, really good B-rated movie uh, uh, actor. Uh, or not even not even necessarily actor, but the movies that he that he that he's in. He does his um, job well. Yeah, and 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 there's there's hints of a list in there, like sprinkled. There's like small yeah. hints of it throughout. He, he, like, okay, it, he's he, got uh, it in Gerard, him, but he but he does, but he only pulls it out once in a while. It's like it's like watching it's like watching a a a, a better a better acting Jason Statham. Um, and and except that Jason Statham movies as of late have just been more entertaining. Um, but I, I think Gerard Butler is a movie star. He's just not a like he's just he's past his prime, um, but he's still making like solid at home movies. I'm not about to run out and see Gerard Butler in theaters. Uh, but, you know, if he keeps making movies for Amazon or Netflix or whatever. I will, I will, I will throw it in there and give it a shot. And yeah. you never know, you might get some. The uh, the the angel, like the 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 fallen series. That whole that he series, does, like, yeah. That's why I, like, I actually like those. Em really fun. likes those, yeah. Yeah, those are good. Like Gerard Butler shows up and he's he does Gerard Butler. I I just like how Jason Statham does Jason Statham. I fucks with it. So yeah, you know, I gave it a I gave it a, a little look see and I didn't hate it. It was a little long, but you know and. Uh, but overall, it was okay. He stays in his lane, and he knows how to do it. There you go. There you and go. Sometimes that's just just what you have to do. That's it. Uh, and that's that's all we got for that. Which means it's time for tax support. Patreon.com/slash/lagtv. If you want to financially support this podcast and help us continue to do this show, well, you get a couple of perks, and one of them is for ten dollars more a month, uh, a few things there. One of which being. The ability to ask us questions because for some reason you want us to answer them. And we do that on a post that I put up over the podcast each and every week called Tech Support. We're going to try and answer as many as we can, as always. So here we go. Tech. Army of the Dead. I forgot about that. Someone said it in the chat. Yeah, I, I didn't want. Oh, you watched it. Oh, okay. Well, then quickly before we this, um, on a scale from one to five, because let's be honest, it's not higher than five. How was it? Um, well, if I had to give it a scale out of one to ten, it was like a seven and a half. Really? Yeah. Wow, you fall on the that high side, man. I've been seeing this movie get shit on daily. Yeah, no, it was it was uh it was a a, a fun zombie movie to watch at home. Mm. Uh it was too long. It was two and a half hours of oh two God. and a half hours. Two and a half hours uh, zombie movie with Dave yeah, Batista? No, yeah. yeah, no. And you know, okay, so so here's 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 my thing with Army of the Dead. For one, if you if anybody out there is a fan of zombie movies or a fan of Zack Snyder. Um, watch it. It's, it's, it's worth a watch. It's got Zack Snyder all over it. Um, it's, it's a fun group of characters. It's almost like the suicide squad, but in zombies, but not as cool. Um, the best part of the movie, there's two, two major parts that, that really worked with me. Number one is like the hierarchy of the zombies. So it's, it's got a little bit of every type of zombie movie you want. You've got the slow uh, zombies. You've got the 28 Days Later, like, fast zombies. And then you've got this newer alpha zombies, 
where they're almost like humans. They can interact with each other. They plan. They they um, they boss around the other zombies. They are they are the king and queen type alphas of of that. And it's almost like going up against human with super strength. Um, that was really cool. I really really enjoyed that. The other part that I really really enjoyed was Dave Batista. That guy in this movie showed me this fucker can act. And I and I wanna. I want to hate on Dave because he's just another wrestler dude that's coming in making these same type of movies. But this motherfucker, actually, I don't even want to hate on him, but I want to discredit him. He came in and he had some scenes where I was going, God damn, Dave, Dave is in here carrying this movie. He's, he's got the movie on his shoulders and he's literally running with fucking zombies on his back. Thankfully, he's and got big shoulders. He's got huge shoulders. <laughs> and the guy, like, there's some, there's some emotional scenes in this movie and Dave Batista is given an emotional performance. It isn't. It isn't as you know bland as let's some fucking of the go. Other stuff I've seen. So you know, I gotta give Dave Batista props on this. This project showed that he can carry a movie, and that he is he's a movie star. Um, he just needs to find the right roles. So I fucks with it. Movie was too long, and it, it was kind of corny and cheesy at, at 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 parts where it was almost like. At parts, it didn't really know what it was, but the concept is so fucking cool. You know, Las Vegas gets uh, gets infected. They cut. They they bury off the uh, the burial a uh, uh, bearer off the Las Vegas with with a bunch of fucking crates, so the zombies can't get out. Everywhere around the world know that this place is infected, and they're gonna they're about to drop a nuke on Las Vegas uh, to get rid of the virus. Um, but before they do, they got to go on a mission to steal $50 million in a vault in Vegas. And I mean, it is, that's a good con. I like that concept. Dude, it's an amazing concept, bro. And they get a, they get a huge pack of, of bandits and bad people and fucking gangsters and, and cartel and all these other people in there. And they go in there and they try and get to this vault and get the money and get out before the nuke hits. And they all die. It's and what's his face there? Um, the amazing actor from The Last Samurai, and he's in Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, Em was saying that as well. I can't remember his name. He's he's the guy who sets them all on the mission. He's got a cool little part. Um, the it's it's a brilliant script. Like not the script, the whole thing. The idea is like brilliant, and it's Vegas. So you're talking like you know like fucking zombie. Uh, lions and fucking, you know, there's slot machines and, and cabaret and fucking, you know, just Vegas filth. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is the, a, a massive degenerate thing where anything goes, you've got the, the nasty of, of the nastiest people in the most ridiculous zombie uh, play yard you can ever imagine. It's such a cool concept. It's, it really is. And for that reason, it's a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Possibly an eight. Dude, if the movie was an hour and fifty to two hours, it would be an eight, eight and a half. But it's too fucking wow. long. Wow. It's, it's too long. Okay. Too well now long. now I gotta watch it's it now. Free. It's free at home. Now like, I gotta watch this is it. A real budget movie. Like this is like a real movie that you could see in theater and not hate that you spent money. Um yeah, it's it's Okay. I know I'm, I might be overselling it a little bit, but the, it's a cool, it's a cool concept. 
It's a cool concept. All right. Well, I will. I will. I will watch it now. I will. I will. I will have to sit down. I'll tell M that, that there was a rave review and. And uh, we'll we'll give it a go. There you go. Rave. I don't know about rave. Well, but... I mean, for for a Dave Batista zombie movie, that Dave was a rave. Batista. That was a rave review. Um, Dave Batista, solid in this. I, uh, you know solid. what? Uh, you know, uh, the rock between the rock and Dave Batista, I like Batista more because he strikes me as at least at this point in his career. We'll see what happens if he gets any bigger. He hasn't lost his his I'm a real person thing yet. He has yeah. that hasn't disappeared yet. I mean, I mean, listen, man, The Rock is so famous that like, how do you even stay semi-normal? You know what I mean? Like that guy. Yeah, is but he so was but he was kind of like that. Like yeah, he, when he was yeah, doing yeah. like fucking Doom. For okay, God's listen, sake. He's, he's really he was really really good at faking being he, the really yes. really good guy. Now it's just a lot less effort into yeah. it. Now it's just like, yeah. all right, Rock, we we get it. We like you. We love you. Turn it down we'll a little be, bit. <laughs> we see what you we see what you're doing, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm up, you know. I listen. I'm gonna buy your merch. We see what you're doing. Yeah, you don't we you don't need to go that hard in the paint, bro. We got we got you. He's, he's yeah, he's hard <laughs> in the paint. Uh, Seth asks, do you read instructions for new gadgets or do you just YOLO and figure it out? Uh, I read I read instructions personally. What do you do? I'm, I usually YOLO. I'll look at it if if I like start to get impatient, and I'm just like, okay, fuck it, I'll look it up. Yeah, I most things. The moment that that anything comes with a an instruction manual, um, you know, these days because everyone's so cheap about even including one, I just assume that it's probably going to be complicated enough that it requires the fucking instruction manual. Like, I, after putting all this stuff in the room together, for example. Like the monitor arm, if you were to just give me all the parts and say set that up, I would have fucked that shit up. Something fierce trying to get that to work. Uh, or this table, not a chance was I going to YOLO that shit. Like I wouldn't have been able to, to uh, I would have gotten something wrong. Shit, I got it wrong with the instructions. So like without the instructions, that would have been fucking terrible. So yeah, I mean there are some things that you can easily kind of, you know, it's, it's so obvious. It's like a fucking table. It's got four legs and you screw some shit into the fucking legs and you're done. That's not a problem, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, I tend to stick to the uh to the instructions. Mostly because I know I'm probably going to lose my patience anyway. And if I have to rebuild the fucking thing cuz I fucked it up, I'm going to be even more freaking salty. So, I just skip that part now. I I and I just go straight to the Straight to the instructions. Still get salty though. It still happens like every fucking time. <laughs> Building shit is not my my idea of a good time. Uh Time Tricks asks, hey guys, just bought new monitors. My question is, have you ever had a monitor old or new with stuck or dead pixels? And what did you do, if anything, to solve the issue? Um I don't think you've ever had any issues no. with that. No, I haven't. I've had I've had one um, there's a difference between a stuck pixel and a dead pixel. Um, stuck pixels, there's a chance that you can unstick it. Uh, with, there are test patterns and stuff you can even get on YouTube, and you just basically crank the brightness and contrast up on your monitor, play the test pattern for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or some shit, depending on how bad it is. Uh, and then usually that can sometimes get rid of the stuck pixel it will un it will unstuck it will get unstuck uh dead pixel you're not bringing back from the dead that shit's just dead 
Uh, and depending on how many of them there are, you either uh, live with it or you send the monitor back in the refund window. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yep. Uh, I've, I don't think I've actually ever had a monitor that didn't have a dead pixel from the day I bought it that got one randomly in the future. Uh, all of my monitors that I've ever owned, I mean, these two side monitors I have here are now um, a decade old, and neither of them have any dead pixels or anything of that nature. So, um, you know, once once you get one that works, you know, out of the box, usually you're good. It's usually the whole monitor just fucking dies uh, in some catastrophic way. It's un it's 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 not as common that like two pixels suddenly fucking kick the bucket. Uh, on the monitor, but, uh, you know, it can, it can totally happen. Um. Mmm. Alexa asks, what was the best summer of your life and why so? Best summer of my life. Um, geez, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint a certain summer. I would say, um, I would say probably when I was like, you know, 14 years old, 13, 14, just hanging out with friends, building camps. Uh, I was in baseball. So, you know, going to baseball every week, couple times a week, uh, say playing 14. Tournaments. Yeah, probably right on that 14, 15. Actually, you know, when I started experimenting, get some girlfriends and started fucking around and stuff like that time, that was, that was a fun time in my life, you know, because like you, you start discovering yourself and, um, you start to appreciate things as well because you, you know, you're getting older and, and some of the fun, you know, is, is starting to come to a close. You just start thinking of things differently. Um, so yeah, I would probably say 14, 15 years old, like right around those summers, probably my my the most fun I've I've ever had in just terms of fun. Yeah, I would say probably around 14. That was what grade 8. So yeah. that was like prime because that summer so that my 14 would have been your 15 and change, right? Uh that yeah. was the summer where every weekend or every weekend, even even like going up to like the end of the school year or whatever, the guys would be over or whatnot. Yeah. But like when summer hit, it was like two, three days a week. The guys were over in this room that I'm standing in right now yep. with hives, the couch, folded yep. out, sleeping over, chilling the night before, playing games, eating pizza shit, sleeping over the night before, wake up early the next day, walk down the hill to the Rock and Country Club, play like 36 holes of the shittiest golf imaginable uh, for almost no money, uh, and then come back yeah. home and do it, do it all over again. All over again. Wake up. Danny boy's got pancakes yep. upstairs. What a, care, what a carefree life. Fucking. What a carefree that, life. That summer was like everything was just fucking amazing, right? It was just incredible. Yeah. Playing N64 with pizza and shit at night. Dad's making pancakes and bacon in the morning, 36 holes of fucking golf with the boys at like a shitty little golf place close, you know, close enough that you could walk. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the dream. Yeah. It's the dream. Yeah. So that was in, definitely mix, it. Mixing, mixing, uh, you know, getting to get some girlfriends and, you know, oh, I wasn't something. fucking getting girlfriends until probably, uh, well, actually that year, grade eight was like the first time I had like any attention from women. So that was around the same time. Yeah. 
to be fair. Yeah. I wasn't fucking so, anyone, though. No, no, no. Yeah. I no. was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> you were. Um, Xenon Slayer asks, have you ever walked out of something because it was so bad? For example, a theater or a restaurant experience. Uh, geez, theater, restaurant experience. Yeah, I mean, I've walked out of movies. I've walked out of Borat. Uh, um, didn't like that movie at all. Uh, um, um, I've walked, I've walked out of dinners, uh, just from like, it just taking so fucking long where I'm just like, okay, I'm out. I'm not waiting two and a half hours for, uh. Uh, for my meal, uh, that's just it. Cancel it. Like I wouldn't just get up and leave. I'd just tell the waiter, like, "Listen, <laughs> this ain't it. Mm. Uh, we're gonna go, you know, fucking McDonald's. So I'm hungry." Um, yeah, I'm sure there's tons of things I walked out of because I'm just the type of person that, like, if I don't like something, I'm just leaving. <laughs> like that's just, I'm not gonna force myself to do to be sit through things I don't like. Um. Yeah, I've I've thankfully never had a restaurant experience like that. And normally it would only be like Jeff's experience where the food took so long to arrive that we left before it would it would come out. Because once you get your food, even if it's shit, and I've had lots of shitty restaurant experiences once the food is out. I'm not the asshole that's just like, this is doo-doo oh, butter, no. and yeah. then leave. No. Like, you, no. you, pull a Karen or whatever. Yeah, I'm you don't pull that. a Karen. You just, you just eat whatever you can out of it, and then you say, you know what? I'm good. Pay yeah, the, I wasn't oh, feeling it. Always pay for the meal. I'm never somebody that sends something back. Yeah. I'm just like, this ain't it. I'll pay for it, but thank you, and then that's it. And, it's, and that's like, I'll, I'll just look at that restaurant and go, do I really ever want to go back here, basically? It's because you got one shot, more yeah. or less, of a really bad yeah. experience. As far as movies, I've come close a couple of times, but but I was with friends at the time, and so it was like one of those things where it was like, all right, well, yeah, we're all here. I walked out of, walked out of uh, um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Walked out of, Those were like the two movies that I walked out of in the last, you know, geez, it's probably been like 15 years now. Borat and, uh, and, and Avatar. Yeah. Good and I, I went... I went to Borat with friends. I basically walked at a Borat and then walked into another movie because there was another movie that was starting like not too long later. So I just left that one and went and watched a different movie because I was like, fuck this. My friend stayed in Borat and then the last airbender, I just bounced. I said, this is fucking hot garbage. I got like an hour, 15, 20 minutes in. I said, I'm out. I'm surprised you made it that far, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of this. This is awful. Uh... What was your worst? Re- uh, this is my question. What was your worst restaurant experience from a food perspective? Did you ever have like a just a really shit meal somewhere? Uh, I don't. I don't think I've I've had a, like an, a restaurant experience that was just like horrendous. Like that was just like scarred me for life. Um. Yeah, I don't. I I don't. I didn't have I anything like so. that. I've had two that stand out to me that were just like like really disappointing. One of them was coincidentally, I think it was one of your birthdays, honestly, possibly. We went to Stakenstein. Oh yeah, that's pr- yeah. And uh 
I ordered a New York strip with garlic mash and green beans. That's what they had there. And uh, you would think at a place called Steakenstein that they'd be smashing a New York strip out the park because it's like the easiest fucking steak in the world to cook. Like you can't... F- I thought previously you couldn't fuck up a New York strip. I was wrong. It is, it is possible. Uh, step one is don't trim the fucking steak. Step two is uh, when they ask for medium rare, give them like medium going on well. Strip, step three is in the garlic mashed potatoes... Uh, use red potatoes so that when you mash them, it becomes wallpaper paste, and then have more garlic than potato in said garlic mashed potatoes. And then with the green beans, don't actually do anything but walk the beans past the steamer to pretend like they were in there for more than three seconds. Uh, and also, don't cut the stems off of the green beans. All of those things happen at the same time, and they delivered me that steak and that meal, and I was like, my god. That was painful. And then the other one was, uh, um, Natalie and I went to a upscale, I can't remember what the name of it was, I don't think it's still open anymore, but it was like, at the time it was relatively new, and it was a hot shot chef that had like a lot of notoriety and shit, and we spent like $200, $250 I think on this meal, we didn't even get like fucking alcohol or anything like that, it was just like super expensive. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just... I could have literally made the shit at home. Like, it was fucking... It, it was it was plated pretty, but, like, nothing of the execution was something that I couldn't have just easily done at home, which is, like, the, the like my number one thing. If I'm going to go out to eat, I'm doing it because I want an experience that I can't just do at home on my own time. Uh, and so that was, that was rough. So I never went back there again. Uh, that was fucking brutal. Um, any advice? Steve Hopkins. Uh-oh, we got a broken heart, I think, Mr. Black. All right. Let me see if I can mend it. All right, put it back on here. Here we go. Any advice for surviving a long-term breakup? Both of us have had one of those. Uh, also, do you think exes can be friends? It's the usual... These are the usual questions that come immediately following a long-term breakup, Mr. Black. Dr. Phil Black. Hmm. What do you got? So let's ask the, what was the first part? How do you get over? Uh, Advice for surviving a long-term breakup. Um, All right. Well, surviving it is um, stay occupied. So, you know, get out there and do things. Um, I know it's a little tough right now with COVID. (laughs) Get in there and do things. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, whether that is, Surround yourself with friends, you know, play, play some video games with some friends or if you can physically see friends, depending on where you're at or whatever, um, you know, work out, exercise, start feeling good about yourself. Focus on you. Yeah. If there's not, if if you're not already in shape or whatever, instead of just eating that extra tub of ice cream, you know, go run on the treadmill, lift some weights, get swole, um, feel good about yourself. That's the first and foremost. Uh, also realize that, you know. Um, oh, the other thing is, uh, don't, don't, don't go on his or her social media. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go there. That place, that place is going to infect your mind. It's a bad place. It's a bad place. Don't go there. You don't need to know. You don't, you don't need to see your ex-girlfriend talking to some dude or liking some dude's photo or seeing how much fun she's out there having with her friends and all this other fucking shit. Uh, if you have to remove her from your social media, remove her. It's over. It's done. The relationship is done. If it's actually done, done, it's time to move on. 
She it it, it sucks. It and it's almost an, an impossible thing to 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 envision when you're with somebody for for years and then all of a sudden they're gone. Um, but it's going to make things easier. It just will. It's going to make things real tough at the start, but it's also going to make things a lot easier. So just preoccupy your mind. Take care of you. Go out there and do some of the things that you wanted to do that you weren't able to do when you were in a relationship. You know, pick up a hobby. Do do something. Um, and just don't don't sit there and 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 obsess because. You know, you're going to end up breaking and doing something stupid and going calling this person back up and playing this fucking game or whatever. So, you know, that's that. The other question is, can your ex, can you be friends with your ex? And usually people ask this question because they're going, well, if I can't be with them, then maybe we can just be friends, you know, so that way they can still be in my life. But in reality, you just kind of want to be around them because you miss them and you maybe there's the off chance you know, once he or she gets whatever out your, their systems, maybe you guys can rekindle and reconnect. I'm going to go ahead and say this, and it's going to be super controversial to some people because people are going to be like, well, I did. The answer is no. It's no more than it's yes. Yeah, it's, 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 the answer is no. And here's why. The only time I really truly believe that exes can be friends is if, I mean, I, I would like to say if you've got if you've got kids and you 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 just have to co-parent and get along, um, you know, then it, then it's then you can't really delete person off your social media and do all those things. But we're talking about a regular relationship. Um, I I am I I I'm I'm just gonna go out and say that for the majority of people, the majority, it's one thing if you were like fuck buddies and you fucked around. And you ended up just kind of liking each other's company and you got you got a thing for each other and you just kind of broke up. Yeah, I think, you know, there there is a world in which you can be friends. Um, but I, I really also just believe that you only can be friends until your next lover. So like, you know, if if you're and 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 you don't even want to do that right away. Like, how fucking weird is it to be in a relationship with somebody emotionally, physically, and then just next thing you know, you're friends. It's just like no. The it takes time. You gotta have that distance, and then maybe you meet up at the movie theater and you see each other. You say hi, how's things? And then maybe you can rekindle a friendship at a distance where it's like, okay, I'm gonna re-add you on Facebook and like your photos of your your accomplishments and be done with that. But there's none of this texting and hanging out and going to see a movie together. That shit ain't gonna work. And the other thing that isn't gonna work is if you get in another relationship or the other person gets another relationship, it's over. It's actually done. There is no, there is, there is no reason in hell why I should have female friends. I'm just gonna tell you guys this. I have I have female friends in my life, but they are more acquaintances than they are friends, or they are girl uh, wives or girlfriends of my friends. So they're in the 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 circle of people that I hang out with. I don't have girlfriends that I I text and say, "Hey, how's it going? Like, how's life? Um, uh, you want to go? Uh, you want to go grab a bite to eat and catch up? You want to go see a movie? I'm married. I'm in a relationship, a committed relationship. It's the same thing with girls. No dude wants to have his girlfriend texting a bunch of guys because they're friends. It just doesn't make sense. 
And there's gonna be there's gonna be girls out there and guys out there. They're gonna be like, well, I I have I man, I don't give a fuck about you. The reality is, the vast majority of dudes cannot just be friends with a girl. It just doesn't it doesn't roll. It just does like I'm telling you, guys are gonna think of somebody sexually a lot of the time. It doesn't matter. It it, it doesn't matter if your friends are not if they're looking good or whatever. This is just facts. This is just the way it is. There are exceptions. There are exceptions. And the people that can do that, all the power to you. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not about to go and have girlfriends that I go hang out with and say, hey, Kayla, hey, hold down the fort. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go to the Moosehead game here with, uh, with Susie. We're just friends, though. You know, I'm going to go catch this movie. Since I know you're not really in action movies, uh, she is. We're just friends. We're just going to hang out. Yeah, I'm going to be on the sofa or kicked out real fucking quick doing dumb shit like that. Vice versa. Let Kayla come uh, call me up or come downstairs and say, Hey, yo, I'm going to the movies with Chris. I'll see you later. Like, fuck you are. Hey, while you're at it, pack your bags up and get out. This doesn't, there is no, there is none of that shit. I don't, there, there isn't, I'm not playing mental gymnastics in relationships. I'm your friend. I'm your best friend. You want to you wanna have acquaintances of friends, like if, if Wayne and, and Amanda come over or, or Adam and M come over, whatever, and, and they're having conversations and catching up and stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. But there is none of that shit, bro. So, so, to, answer, so to answer your question, no, in my opinion. I don't know what Adam's opinion is. We're going to hear it. But in my opinion, the answer is no. And most certainly... No to an ex. I mean, that is like an even further thing. Can I imagine going to my my wife and saying, hey, me and my ex, we're cool now. It's just strictly friendship. We're just texting each other just to catch up. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, that is a form of cheating. That is that is being that is being deceitful. Um, no matter how um uh, innocent and whatever it is, in my in my opinion, that's a form of 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 deceit in a relationship. So that's where that's where I stand. Uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too, man. I don't need to have other women in my life. I have a perfectly good woman here in my home uh, that I can see and talk to and hang out with. Uh, it doesn't mean that I I can't engage at all with other females. It just means there is an extreme healthy amount of distance between what I would consider, uh, there is no talking behind my wife's back. It's everything is going to be done in her presence so she can see everything at all times. And I don't even have to consciously do that. I just do it because it's the respectful thing to do, in my opinion. Okay. I'm done. Okay, I just I wasn't I wasn't sure if the pause was to, to No, I'm done. I'm done. Uh... I mean, as far as like the surviving a long-term breakup, pretty much everything Jeff said is what I would say. It's, 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 you got to focus on you, uh, and, uh, do some stuff that you, that you maybe weren't doing when you were, uh, with them. That doesn't mean that like necessarily the assumption is that she was telling you not to do shit or whatever, but you know, when you're in a relationship, the fact is sometimes stuff that you want to do is backburnered for the relationship. And that goes the same for the, the other side too. You know, things that they might want to do sometimes get backburnered. So, you know, if you've got a backlog of stuff that you wanted to do, that's a good time to do it. 
Uh, but you know, keeping yourself busy and 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 spending time with some friends and and uh, and uh, just focusing on yourself is really the the core of that because the reality is that the reason why that other than that being healthy for other reasons, the reason why those things are suggested all the time is like kind of the de facto ways of getting around uh, or, or getting over long term relationships is that time is the only thing that will get you there. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that time won't even ever likely, depending on how the relationship end, fully get rid of it. It's just, you'll be comfortable with it after a while. It's like, it's the same thing as when somebody passes away in your family and somebody's like, holy shit, how do I get over this? And the thing is, uh, you do the same thing. You focus on you, you, you know, you spend time with friends and loved ones and you remember the good times and then you, over time, you become comfortable with it you know i uh, i think the mistake that a lot of people make uh, is that if the if the breakup wasn't let's say um super cut and dry like somebody cheated and you're like okay that's a relatively it's an easier breakup it's not i'm not gonna call it easy but it's an easier breakup than if you just like like the example i can give hard. myself is that natalie and i natalie and i were together for eight years and we came to a junction where we went wait a minute we make, we, coincidentally, we would make great friends, but we're not, we don't, we don't make partners. We've done really well to get to this point, but we don't, we're, we're not the right thing for marriage and long-term relationships. So, um, those are, and that's usually, if you're in that kind of relationship and a breakup, that is when the question of being friends with your ex usually is asked more frequently than if it was a catastrophic fallout where somebody cheated or whatever, whatever. Because then nobody's like, man, I wonder if I can be friends with the ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend that just cheated on me. Nobody's thinking about that in that, in that, you know, that yeah. mindset, the, the frame of mind. Before you continue, it's like, you know, for example, you know, you and Natalie break up, right? And, and, and yeah, there, you know, there's going to be some time apart and working on each other and doing their own thing. There, there, yeah, there may have been come a time where you guys can still be friends. And I'm sure you, you don't, you don't hate each other. So, I mean, in a weird roundabout way, you're still kind of friends, yeah. but you don't communicate because, yeah. you know, now she's in a committed relationship. You're in a committed relationship. It's just, you just don't do that anymore. So just- I'll so I'll I'll describe how my relationship is with Natalie, if that makes sense in the context of this conversation. I guess it does. Uh, is that we text each other about twice a year, Christmas and birthdays, to see how our families are doing and to just say hi. That's the extent of it. I don't see her in person or anything like that. I had coffee with her uh, two years ago. It was the first time I had seen her in four years. We had we had stayed apart, and we did that both of us intentionally. So the the uh, you know that's why when Jeff was talking about his thing, I said it's no more than it's yes. And when I say that, I mean it's like ninety nine percent of the time, it's a really fringe case. Natalie and I started dating in high school, and we were together for eight years. So our our families intermingled. We were like, our, like her family, I still consider to be, if they ever called me and said, Adam, we need you to do yeah, something, I'm do going it. to go do that thing, right? Yeah. We, you're together in a, health, uh, a healthy relationship for eight years. It's just kind of what happens, right? So that's a really specific fringe case. And even with that, we still respect each other's space by keeping it to a text message, Christmas, birthday. And coincidentally, for for that for for hers, 
and mine, that's within like a three month window. So we, we, we go like nine months without, without actually messaging each other. Um, the exception was COVID where I checked in to see if her dad was okay and her mom was okay and whatnot. Cause her dad had just had like major heart surgery and shit. So I was just checking in for that. Otherwise that's where it stops. And Natalie and I still consider ourselves friends for that reason. Eight years, our families are kind of like mixed together. They, mom and dad, after Natalie and I separated for like uh, a couple times in the first four years afterwards, um, they would see each other uh, at the market downtown and they'd have coffee together and catch up because it's like family at that point. But for her and I specifically, we had to keep it apart and separate. And that's the most important thing that Jeff was touching on as well is that you might be able to, but from my experience as well, uh, even though I'm the one that broke up, so I'm the one that called it, it wasn't Natalie, I called it, even then, I needed to give myself a wide berth for a long time, like a really, like years, uh, before I had sat down and saw her in person again. So, uh, for the reasons Jeff brought up, there's your... Even if you don't mean it to happen, if you're with somebody for a truly long time, and eight years is a fucking long time, up to that point it was like a third of my life I was with this 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 person and her family, you have to give yourself a wide berth because you will fall back into a routine like that. When we had coffee, both of us were fucking crying like babies. We hadn't seen each other in four years. We were crying like fucking babies. And she was hiding her engagement ring at the table the whole time. She was covering it up until I looked down and I said, you don't have to hide your engagement ring. I'm happy that you're engaged, but that's what you do because you'll fall back into a fucking routine. So, uh, and now she's wonderfully happily married and she's got a great, uh, a great guy, great big, huge Greek family. And they managed to make the wedding happen despite a bunch of crazy shit. And we talked about that the whole way through, but I joked with her, said, just don't invite me to the fucking wedding. I don't want to be there for that. <laughs> I don't need to, I don't need to necessarily see it. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that when you're with somebody, it's you fall back into it. It's the same, similar as to why you can be in a semi, uh, abusive relationship and still fall back into an abusive relationship. It's comforting. Even if it's bad, you get like, people are creatures of habit and my God, the longer you're with somebody, the more habitual it can become. Uh, and so Jeff's not wrong. You got to give yourself a wide berth. I mean, fucking, it was a miracle that we live in this town and I didn't see her in the four years that <laughs> I was out wandering the streets, uh, you know, downtown Halifax or whatever, that we didn't accidentally, you know, bump into each other or whatever. Uh, we, we didn't even live that far apart. It was a miracle, but it didn't, thankfully. Uh, so my suggestion as well is unless you are fucking damn sure that your situation is very specific and even if it is, you got to treat that so carefully, super fucking carefully. Um, yeah, and I, so I think, I think 99% of the time it's no, it's yeah. really no. It, it, and it'll just, it'll just complicate things <clears throat> and fuck things up. And, and there's a reason why I think a lot of people will, will, will agree with this and have experienced this. You know, I had a ton of girlfriends. Like, and I'm not even talking about girls that I slept with. I'm talking about like just friends, friends from high school, friends from uh, university, um, friends of friends. I had a lot of girlfriends. Um, I would say more girlfriends than guy friends, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't sexual. It was like, 
we would hang out, you know, they would be part of the crew, find them funny. They, you know, we watch movies, laugh, you know? Um, but the moment that I get a girlfriend or they get a boyfriend or whatever the case may be, these friends, they start disappearing. They, you, you see them a lot less, a lot less, a lot less, a lot less until your circle is super small because that's what happens when, when the opposite sex, uh, usually, um, or if, if you, you're into the same sex, same thing that where things usually, um, start to taper off the older you get, the smaller your circle, because these people are getting married and having kids and starting their own families and they have their own circles. And you look back at, and you still consider them friends. It's they're just friends that you don't really communicate with all that often. Or maybe you bump into them at Walmart and Hey, Hey, how's it going? My God, I haven't seen you forever. And you're still considered friends, but I'm talking about friendships. Come on over, play some video games. Let's watch a movie. Let's, let's go out for dinner. Let's catch up. Those are the types of things that I believe when you're in a committed relationship, you just don't have those relationships with opposite sex. Um, and and there there are very very specific uh, situations and, and and where where those things may actually be. It also depends on the relationship that you're in with your partner. You might have an open relationship. You might be two free spirits that don't care about anything. I get that, but I'm talking about the majority of monogamous uh, relationships where you are committed to your other half. And, um, yeah, I, I just don't see the need to have girlfriends. I can have great guy friends. I don't need to have great girlfriends in my life to hang out with. I think it's disrespectful to my wife. I think it's a, a form of, um, of being deceitful, um, even if the, the intentions are there. Because, dude, every relationship gets rocky, man. Every relationship gets rocky. Have your problems. And if you've got, if you've got, the opposite sex or, you know, people around you in a moment of weakness in a, in a, in a, in a fling, like just even having those thoughts, um, is not good. is not healthy. Uh, I can't speak for anybody else, but I, I just think it's just the proper thing to do. And as you get older and you mature, I think, I think the majority of people feel that way as well. That's how I, I feel. about. It. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I even have a strong opinion about, about like the, friendship part the opposite sex i don't i think it's really down to the individual more than anything um because you know the way the way that the way that i look at it is that um if it's in relation like let's say let's say you're not in a in a in a relationship with somebody and they aren't either and you're just hanging out, it's whatever, then, and it gets rid of that barrier, then, and you're both friends, and you're not fucking each other, and you're not romantically involved, you're just friends hanging out, uh, and that's fine, then I find it, I personally then find it hard to, like, move that into, now one or both are in a relationship, but we can't do it anymore because we're in a relationship, even though we were fine when we weren't in a relationship. I don't. I, I, I see where you're coming from, and, and my, point of, my point on this is this. If I have a girlfriend that we've been friends for 15 years, yeah. and we were never sexually uh, um, intimate or, or even were sexually attracted to each other or whatever, it was just straight friends. We just hung out. 
Um, and my significant other didn't like this idea of me hanging out with this girl on a regular basis, spending my free time with this girl, um, doing whatever, even though it was part of my 15 years of, of partnership, I have to ask myself, is this girlfriend or this life partner, whatever worth my friendship? And the reality is, is if I'm not willing to, to give my being to this person, then I need to not be with this person. If, the, if this is what really makes her uncomfortable, I am shutting out and I truly well, love Well, yes, if, if they're telling you that they're uncomfortable, yes, that's a most, different... But most relationships, I mean, even, even so, mm. out of respect, mm. you know, I just don't engage in those things. I, yeah. I don't, in, I just like, I don't, I, she doesn't, she wouldn't need to come to me and say, listen, I really don't like you going to the movies with Jennifer, Right. I'm never even going to put that into a position where I'm going to go, okay, my friend of 15 years has got to know that now I'm in a relationship. There's going to be some boundaries. Not that I don't like you. We're friends. You'll always be my friend. But, you know, this one-on-one thing that's going on, uh, we can't do this anymore. And if my wife or my girlfriend that I was serious about, listen, man, if I had a girlfriend for fucking two weeks, a month, and I've got a close girlfriend. I'm not about to drop my close girlfriend for this girl, right? Because it's just so new and fresh. But I am going to have that distance. And then when if I felt as though things were getting serious, um, you know, because you date around and you do whatever, then I, it would be like, that's it. I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's just That's just how I am. It's like we can be friends. We can have those conversations hey how's your family blah 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 and I'm sure that the girl when she got a boyfriend that man is not going to want her coming over my house playing video games or going out to a movie it's just there's just a form of respect you just have um in my opinion and not everybody lives their life that way but that's just that's just how I am so I'm kind of with you where it's just like if I've been friends with this girl the whole time and then now I got a girlfriend. Well, you got to kind of navigate those waters a little bit. And you're not about to just ditch your friend on the side and make it seem like, oh, I've got this, I got this new woman in my life. And if 15 years of friendship means nothing to me, go fuck off. It's not like that at all. It would be like, okay, we're getting pretty serious now. These one-on-one times, these things, it's, you know, out of respect to my my girlfriend, you know, it is what it is. Hey, when you get a boyfriend, when when you when when you got a partner, why don't the two of you guys come over? And we'll all get together and hang out. You know, we'll still be friends. It's just going to be different. Like, it's not going to be, doesn't mean you need to cut them out of your life. You just got to, you know, mold it in a way that makes sense for all parties in a relationship, in my opinion. Yeah, for for me, for me, um, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, the, I'm an outlier where, um, the way that I approach relationships is if I'm in a relationship with somebody, uh, it's because, uh, part of that is I, I trust them and I, I make the assumption that they trust me and, um, and I extend that trust to whatever, you know, they're, they're, 
I don't, I don't ever want to personally interfere with my significant other's choices in their social setting, uh, you know, uh, in terms of who they choose to spend, you know, their time with as friends or whatever else. Um, I know, I know that that's not the majority of how, what, you know, what people would, yeah, would I mean, think. Yeah, listen, yeah, but I, like, I, I just, because for me, for me, okay. So for me, this is where I come at it from is that, uh, on my, on my top list of, of red flags and things that I will f- flat out dive away from immediately is like smoking is top <laughs> smoking is a no. And then jealousy of any kind. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think yeah, I don't have, I, I, I don't have like for me, it's, it's, um, for me, the moment I feel like my partner is hovering because they are, um, the concern with who I'm spending my time with or talking to, or what I'm talking to this person about or, uh, or whatever, the moment that we've got to that point, then I know that you don't trust me. You don't trust that I'm in this relationship with you and you alone, and that just because I spend time with somebody else that has a pair of tits and a vagina means that, you know, something's going to possibly happen in the future if we fight over the empty carton of milk not being fucking washed out at night, and now I'm off, you know, fucking somebody. I, like, I, as soon as that's a thing, if I get a whiff of that, I'm out. Yeah, that's, an ex- that's, that's a very big extreme, and that's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is, listen, I wholeheartedly trust my wife. My wife wholeheartedly trusts me. Talking to somebody that goes to Las Vegas every year without my wife. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- listen, there, it's complete and utter trust. If I didn't trust anybody, I wouldn't be with them. Uh, I, I am in the boat of respect. And it's not about me uh, trying to change anybody's social circle. It's I need to find people that are compatible with my social circle. And if we are not compatible, then we do not. We, we, we are not together. It's just really that simple. It has nothing to do with I don't trust you, so you can't have guy friends. It's you respect me as your husband. I respect you as my as as you my wife, and I will do anything and everything in my power to show you that I am here for you and you only. My eyes don't look at anybody else. My my time isn't shared with anybody else on the opposite sex, and if and if it is, it is time that we share together. Um, through, through friendships, through acquaintances. And there is no, there is, there is no time for me to be going and spending one-on-one time with other women in my life. Uh, it's not happening. It's not because I don't trust me. It's not because any of that it's, I respect you as the queen of this relationship. And there is no woman I put before you under any circumstance, friendship or not, it has nothing to do with trust. It has everything to do with respect, and that's just the way I look at it, and that's the way I would uh, I I hold uh, my wife, and that's the way I she holds me, uh, and and that's just that um, because yeah, I'm with you. Jealousy is nasty. It's gross. It's it's um, it's toxic, um, and uh, nobody wants it in their life. Um, so you know, it's not that I would be jealous that she's spending time with another man, it is, I would feel betrayed. That's how I would feel. And even if it is 
um, something as small as we're going to go for a coffee and enjoy each other's time. Um, I, I look at that as, as, as a way of no, no, I'm, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, neg- I'm going to say no to that. Um, that, that doesn't make me comfortable, uh, because I don't do this to you and that's just how I am. Um, it's nothing to do with jealousy. It's in my opinion, it's respect. Call me old fashioned, call me whatever. I have girlfriends, but we hang out. You know, I like M. I like Amanda, who's very close. Some of Kayla's girlfriends are like acquaintances and friends of friends of mine. Some of my guy friends are friends and acquaintances of Kayla's. Um, you know, um, you know, if I have my guys sleep over, I don't, and and they're sleeping around. I, I'm not. I don't have one eye open, going, "Oh my god, it, uh, what, what's going to happen?" It's, it, it, it's that isn't it at all. It's just like you know, Kayla. Kayla's not about to go call up uh, a guy friend, come hang over. While I'm down here working, they're gonna go hang out in the pool. It's like, what are you doing? Is this that important to you? No, you don't do that, right? And so that that's that's uh that's I see what you're saying, and that's one way to look at it, I guess. But um, I don't know, man. I'm old fashioned, bro. It ain't it ain't happening to me. There's no there's literally zero women on my phone in mm. my contact list. Mm. unless they are like close friends of friends and there is no texting. There is no talking. The only time I would sneak into the DMS of a friend is if we're like planning a surprise party for their significant other, you Mm. know, or something like along those lines or trying to figure out a Christmas thing. That's, that's as far as I go. Yeah. I mean, I say all that. I don't actually have any particularly close female friends it's not I, I don't i don't even think it, my own shit's applying to me right now but it is it's difficult for me to 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 make that because I, yeah I, you can frame it for respect or you can reframe reframe it for or you can frame it for jealousy you could frame it for whatever for me um you know if m if m told me that she was going she's m's got like a fucking bajillion friends she's filipino she's got like literally trillions uh of of friends so you know for me i like personally uh um yeah so it, it, yeah so my the first thing that enters my mind is for me is do i trust her to go do that because i you know she maybe she's of course, be like with of course you would you I mean you so i just don't fuck i just don't fucking care i, 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 I have to do it too if they're like she was yeah. like yeah i'm gonna go see a movie with joe blow yeah I, of course, I trust her not do anything. She's yeah. not gonna like the idea. What are you doing? Do well, that? I mean, well, for me, you for know? me, the reason, like, uh, for me, if I if I didn't like it, like if I was retracting from the idea, I would have to ask myself, why do I not like it? What is it about that that I don't like? Is it because that I wouldn't personally do it for her in the reverse? And if that's the case, why wouldn't I do that in the reverse? What's the assumption I'm making? And for me, if I didn't like it. It's probably because put it this way. There's I, a reason why you don't put her in that position and she don't put you in that position. It's just, there's a reason why it doesn't apply is because it just doesn't happen. And there's a reason why it doesn't happen. Well, I've got like three friends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a reason there, you know, there's just a reason. <laughs> like yeah, but, three friends. but it doesn't matter. Like there are tons of people that you can conceptualize your way of thinking, but it just really doesn't happen because it, it's just almost like it just naturally doesn't happen because you know it's not supposed I per- to. I well, I, I yeah, but for for me, I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this is about you specifically. I'm just saying in general is that the reason why it doesn't happen a lot is because most relationships are fucking god, they're garbage, and people cheat 
all the time. Says people's 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 initial reaction to everything is to assume the worst about anything like that. And mixing the the age-old question of can men and women be friends always ends up boiling down to no, mostly because most of the people in the conversation have been cheated on or they themselves have at least had it pass through their minds uh, once or twice that they felt attempted and they had to get out of the situation. Like, because the, the hum- of the human nature of I really just want to fuck around and find out as much as possible in my youth. And so the majority of people's relationship uh, experience involves at least one time being cheated on. And so the default there is no, if you're with me, I don't want to see you with anyone alone by somebody, you know, with somebody else. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, so that's why for me it's, it's, uh, it's, and it's, it could be because I've never been cheated on. If I was cheated on, maybe I have a different worldview in that, in that regard. Maybe that would be, uh, something else, or maybe if I was personally in a situation and I was feeling tempted and I had to stop myself and like walk away from it, maybe I would also have a different view. But I guess since I've not personally uh, had that, despite having a number of female friends over time when I was in, both in and out of relationships and never experienced anything like that, that's just kind of where I'm at, where it's like a, a thing where I, boy, I have been in is in a relationship where jealousy is paramount and that shit is a no-fly zone where it was like every time anything was even resembling um, an interaction from a distance where between two people like for a million yeah. miles away, it was a problem that it was like, oh, well, that's cheating. Like, no, actually, it's called two adults in their fucking 30s having a conversation. The shit's not always about fucking somebody behind your back. So it's, uh, yeah, I think the default is probably safest to say maybe no, because for most people, that is the case where most people have experienced cheating of some kind. Uh, but I haven't, I mean, I, I haven't been cheated on, but um, I mean, I've, I've, I've just, I, once again, mine just boils <clears throat> down. I'm just being respectful. Yeah. I'm just like, it just, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. It's like, why? Yeah. Just oh, there's lots good. of ways for it to go wrong. There's tons of ways to, to make it to make it uh, yeah. go wrong, and there's there you know I also don't want to put my wife into a position where she feels inadequate or she feels as though you know she isn't as as important as another woman in my life. Um, whether you want to call that an insecurity or not, I'm just not going to put her in that position, and I wouldn't expect her to put me in that either. Even if it is just two adults talking and having a good time, uh, if you want to talk, you come over and bring your boyfriend over, and let's you know. Have some food, watch some UFC and chill or whatever. Go in the pool. I'm down for that. But this one-on-one shit, no. I ain't staying up to 4 o'clock in the morning playing video games with you online. It's not happening while my wife's laying in bed. It's not happening. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care how cool friends we are. It's disrespectful. Okay. What's one mistake? Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's not the one I wanted to ask. What's... Uh, where's the one I was going to read? The Lag TV one. Uh, Volkus asks, like to be memory lane question, was watching some old vids and a couple of times in them, you guys sounded gassed by the end of it. Can you remember any times you guys were hoarse uh, after a cast or video? I mean, yeah, it happened a lot. Uh, early on, we would record several games back to back to back because we could only get together like once a week. So yeah. we'd get into a room and it would already be nighttime and we had both likely worked before we'd gotten to the house or the apartment. And so we were already, we had already done an, an eight or whatever hour day. And then we get there and it's late. And, uh, and then we, we do 
you know, several games uh, back to back to back to back. And back then, especially, you know, the hardware wasn't all that uh, amazing and the software wasn't all that amazing. So you'd have times where you'd get like almost to the end of a cast or you'd get through a cast and the recording just flat out didn't work. And so you had to like redo shit and, and whatnot. So, yeah, there were numbers. Of, there were numerous casts where... It happens yeah. to me now. I mean, I, I stream, you know, the other day and for like 12, 12 hours and was screaming, yelling, singing. My throat was fucked. Yeah. Uh, toast. I mean, this this happens now. I've gotten better over the years at learning how to yell without, you know. You have your own uh, personal uh, compressor. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. That's the best way to describe it, really, yeah. is um, I know, I know, like, I've learned to yell and make it sound like a natural yell without belting. Uh, and really hurting my vocal cords. So it still happens, um, but they're far few in between now. It's happened many, many times over the years. I mean, yeah. too many to count. Yeah. I would say the ones where it happened the most were any, like we uh, cold cast marathons is an easy one. Um, there were casts that we did that were like 50 fucking minutes long. Uh, and that anytime that you're, you're at lag TV level intensity for 55 minutes, you're going to be hoarse. Um, you know, things like that. I'll still get hoarse occasionally, like Jeff was mentioning about him in the booth and stuff, where if I stream for, you know, a long enough time through the day, you know, even when you're trying to control yourself, eventually your voice just starts to fucking, yeah. you know, trail off. And, and uh, if you're not careful, then you've got like three days of a sore throat that you're going to fucking battle uh, while it uh, while it repairs itself. Um, so, yeah, it, happens. it still happens all the time. Uh... Well, this is an interesting one. Deneves. This will be the last one for the for the day. Last week, you guys were mentioning the high cost of lumber for housework and such, and oh boy, is it ever high. Uh, and that makes me uh, think of a show I saw on Hulu or Netflix or something about houses made from a bunch of unused shipping containers, uh, like those stacked on the large boats uh, for overseas goods and transportation. I believe they said using these for structural parts of homes was cheaper than lumber. It would be. Uh, in many places, not everywhere, but in many places. Uh, what are your opinions on that? Would you ever have a home made out of shipping containers? No. <laughs> not a fucking chance. I wouldn't even have my shed made out of shipping containers. <laughs> it's a fucking shed, bro. Give a fuck. I don't want a big it's ass a shed in my backyard. I mean, it, you paint it and you make it. It doesn't look like a shipping container out in the backyard. I ain't interested. <laughs> I ain't interested. My lawnmower needs the best housing imaginable. Um, I mean, would I? I mean, truthfully, probably not. Just from a just from an aesthetic point of view, not necessarily because I was concerned with the the material it was made of. I mean, um, there are some of those of those homes that are actually really well done and they look great and they're functional. Um, there are great projects done for low income housing where they'll use a couple of them side by side or whatever to create a home uh, or basis of a home and not have to frame and do everything. And then they just build on the inside of them. Um, so there's amazing uses for it. And even some people have, like you would have seen uh, on some of these shows, gone out, gone out of their way to make entire massive homes, like, like legitimate huge homes out of them uh, as structural components. I mean, they're fucking, they're steel. They're hard ass steel. They're made to get beaten up and thrown around by cranes. So if they can do that, the sure shit going to stand up as a house. It's not going to fucking go anywhere. So, uh, you know, as components for a house, I mean, yeah, there's no, uh, no problem with it, uh, uh, at all. Uh, I just don't know from like a, 
uh, a visuals perspective that I could necessarily get over at it from a home. I could see, you know what I think it would be, it would make more sense as, is if you were to use them for like cottage type shit. Like you just get a container, plop it out on your, your property that you bought next to a lake somewhere, paint the outside of it, you know, white or whatever, uh, throw a little roof on it if you really felt it necessary, and then just have your cottage stuff inside because they're big enough to be something like a, a little getaway cottage thing. Uh, and it would be way less fucking money than building an actual fucking cottage. Uh, so, you know, that would be, that would be a useful, whoa, welcome back. That would be, (laughs) uh, so, you know, that I think would be a good use for it. But yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of good stuff, uh, to use those for, uh, for sure. No two ways around it. I, yeah, but I agree with Jeff. I don't think I'd necessarily want my house to be made of it, but I could go for like a cottage. Maybe I'd certainly put my lawnmower in it. Uh, My lawnmower isn't that picky. I'd put the lawnmower in there. No, no questions. (laughs) No questions asked. You know what also might work for it though? Uh, using it as a garage for like, and not like a full yeah, feature I mean, garage. You could store, you could store like a car in your there. Your car, right? Like yeah, if you're in the winter makes, time, that makes sense. You know, put that, a garage door in the front of it and fucking, yeah. you know, store your car. Uh, yeah, yeah. You almost don't even need a, a garage door. You well, just you just open, open up, the fucking drive your car in there and close it in there for the winter. And no, people, people like pressing the button and having the little, you know, oh. fucking whatever. You know. Well, I mean, if you're using it as a, a garage <laughs> all the time, it's probably not the most efficient thing to use. Yeah, true. Just build a fucking garage. They're not that expensive. No. Um, but if you want to use it as something as storage for over the winter and you've got like, you know, not enough, uh, car storage, I mean, Investing in one of those, chucking it on your property and oh, putting yeah. your car in there it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but depending on your car, it would be a little tight, though. I mean, you might have a hard time opening a door, but, you know, sacrifices. You got to make, make sacrifices. You know, what are you going to do? Build a $20,000 garage or buy a fucking, like, $3,000 shipping container and put the bitch in there? You go for the shipping container. That's what yeah. you do. Crawl out through the trunk if you have to. You make it That's happen. it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this uh, this week's Tech Health Podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed yourselves and uh, and got a little entertainment out of it. Uh, you know, follow us on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, leave this bitch running on the side monitor. Even if you, if you want, just for the watch time, goes a long way in the metrics. Of course, you can give us reviews on any platform that allows you to do that. I think iTunes is probably the only one still in existence that does. Uh, and then of course, just spread the word. Let other people know if you've uh, if you think they might enjoy the podcast as well. That this is a good place to come and hang out. Thank you uh, again for continued support on Patreon, and we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe out there. I think next week was next. I I will have two point five G next week, Mister Black. I won't yet. So you, you'll have a couple of days after. I think I'll have a couple of days after. So you'll have two point five in you in your yeah, system. That's right. I'm there coming you for you, Bill Gates. Fucking watch it. <laughs> but until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a good one and peace. Peace. Thank you.